0: Six
1: nine. Welcome to the Stansberry Show on Rock 106.9. Continuing Rock 106.9's Workday Double Pay this week. Every hour from 6 o'clock in the morning till 9 o'clock at night, you have an opportunity to win yourself $1,000. Your first keyword coming just a few minutes from right now. Joined every morning by the able-bodied Matthew Phantom Buddy, how are you this morning?
2: Uh, I can't complain at all. Coming no? off of a uh, a great weekend. Is that so right? Feeling good about life. Yeah, man. You went to the Indians game, did you not? Indeed, I did. You'll see some of the pinkness on me right now. I did not wear sunscreen. I was like, "Oh, it's not going to be that bad," and then I'm like, "Oh no, it was was pretty bad." (laughs) Like, so your boy got sunburned a little bit yesterday, but one hell of an Indians game to go to, dude. Twelve to four, final score. Scored eight runs in the third inning. Eight. Runs in the third inning. I don't want to say it almost got boring, but like there was a point where I'm just sitting there, I'm like, oh Brantley, another home run, whatever. Who cares?
1: Baseball almost got boring. Baseball
2: huh? almost got you boring. You don't say. Um, but no, it was a uh it was a uh pretty decent crowd. I felt like, you know, uh you know Yeah,
1: where are they with attendance now? And not as
2: much as I would have liked to see it. Like I mean honestly, that's a
1: Sunday day game, right? Right. Sunday day game, and we were in the World Series last year. Last year. You should be sold out, no?
2: Weather was beautiful, like there was yeah. no reason to to not go and you'd think if not sold out over three quarters I'd say about half half maybe half maybe a little under
1: half okay I don't know what tickets cost right now and 20 like... bucks is what I got mine for a piece? Mean, decent
2: seat yeah 20 okay. bucks 20 bucks a piece there so I mean pretty decent seat there you've got the $13 option where you get free drink as well and then the bleacher seats I think are like nine or something like that really so yeah it's pretty it's pretty cheap go Um, but it uh, it was it was a great game man it really was I, uh, I, 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 w- I, I will say that the Indians they've got that feeling like they just feel like a special team again it feels like that magic from last year is going to continue really? on oh, that's and, good. you know I mean we'll see but
1: it. Uh, like I said it felt good there so. we'll be talking to Scott from waitingfornextyear.com dot <laughs> com about that at 820 this morning, and I'm also very interested to get his take on uh, how the Browns ended up finishing up their draft. We'll find out what he thinks about that. And then uh, game one tonight for the Cavs. I would have to say this is
2: probably the most optimistic you can be as a Northeast Ohio sports fan in in history, right? I mean, like when was the last time you felt like all three teams had positive momentum on their side? I can't remember it. And and the fact of the matter is... is All at the
1: same time, I can't remember it.
2: The one team that's like debatable right now is the Cavaliers, and it's like, dude, they're defending world champions that just got done sweeping and that's the team that you're concerned about that's the team that's like oh, I don't know <laughs> I don't know yeah.
1: Whether or not they're going to be able to win the title, yeah, that is true.
2: So uh, obviously, regardless, or needless to say, um, I'm very excited about tonight's game, uh, game one, Cavaliers, yeah. and uh, I I want to make an official announcement to the Stansberry Show audience here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I saw this.
1: I saw this yesterday. Yeah. Got a yeah. New,
2: got a new tattoo over the weekend. Yeah, you did. Larry O'Brien Trophy with the Cavaliers C incorporated into it. Got a shout out Heritage Tattoo over there on Cleveland. Rob, yeah, that was cool. Uh, Rob, who was in Cronus, who was in uh New yeah. Tour Tuesday, really? um, an absolutely kick-ass dude. Uh, big fan of the Stansberry show And an even better tattoo artist So shout out to Rob and his entire staff Over there at Heritage Tattoo Company
1: Yeah, that was cool I, I, I saw that the other day Now, I, honestly, out of all the people who should have a Cavs tattoo That's you Yeah, he even said He's like, dude,
2: this is the first Cavs tattoo I've ever done And I'm like, really? really? I'm like, really? He's like, yeah, I've done browns He's like, dude, I've done a lot of Steelers And I'm just like, Bleh. Yeah, I can believe that
1: but, I, I could buy that. I see a lot of Steelers gear down here. Yeah, I mean, I guess yeah, you know, you, you, you can't. Necessarily yeah, front runners are
2: everywhere. <laughs> well, 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 you know, twenty plus years of just consecutive sucking for the Browns. So do cares? Do something to you, you know.
1: That. You continue to support it. Okay.
2: I mean, don't go or
1: anything, but like, <laughs> all right, all right. What's uh, what's going on with you, buddy? What's honestly the story? not something. a whole lot. I I uh, worked Friday night. Yeah. You know, uh, we had Sabaton in the house, and uh, actually a band that opened up for them fronted by a woman that I had never heard of, was awesome. Okay, I mean, awesome. And I'm actually going to try to, if our company's service has them available, we will play some of them on New Tour Tuesday tomorrow, because Battle Beast was really good. That's one of those names I've read a couple times, and I've never like investigated Battle Beast before. Pretty good. So I show up to work, and they're sound checking. And I said to the girl I was working with, I said, who in the hell is that sound checking right now? She said, yeah. She goes, that's Battle Beast. I'm so excited about them tonight. And so sure enough, show starts. And I was like, all right, well, I was like, I need to go check some of this out. And I've never heard of them. Like, I don't know a single thing about them. And so then I go into the venue and I start like watching her. And next thing I know, I was in there three songs deep. I was like, man, I was like, I can't get enough of this. It's not something you might listen to every single day. But she was and I always say this. That fronting a rock band as a female is just tougher. It's just just tougher. Let's just uh, you know what I mean. It's uh, you know with sex is whatever, but it is tougher. But when they're good at it, it's like they're. It's always really, really good. And Battle Beast was awesome. Was she hot? That's
2: one of the things I always want to know. And not like, dude, what, am I gonna j o to her? I just want. I mean, did she use sex as? Like, I mean, her? she's odd enough. Okay, you know what okay.
1: I mean. It wasn't necessarily like. I, I again, I was standing a little far back in the venue to get like that take on it, but I saw one of my. You know, one of my uh, bartending friends got a. You know, photo with her at the merch table. She's hot enough.
2: That's one of those things in metal. I think has, has happened a lot recently. And the band I will point to, it and and I'll probably the the, the Clear Channel SUVs are going to come back. Oh, no, for no, me. no, 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 no. Uh, but the Pretty Reckless, like that chick is only hot, and that's like her whole thing is like, well, she's not that good of a singer, and she's not. But she whips her hair around, and she looks really good while doing it. And like, yeah. I, I don't know. Obviously, that just it, it makes it even harder for chicks to front rock bands when you've got chicks yeah. that are just like, look at me, I'm so hot, I'm so hot, I'm so hot.
1: Yeah, I, you know, and I like female driven rock bands. Like, I mean, Heart's one of my favorite things ever. You know what I mean? So, you know, I'm not opposed to it, but yeah, Battle Beast was awesome. I mean, they were, uh, they were really, really good. Sabaton was great. I mean, we were, you know, we were sold sold out. Oh, yeah, capacity. I mean, you could not fit another person in there. And anytime that happens, the shows are fun. I don't really care if I like the music or not. You get that many people in there, you're going to have a decent time. So, you know, that was cool. And then, honestly, uh, you know, I played some golf over the weekend. Not so much Saturday. Kind of got rained out, but played a a lot yesterday. Although, I did keep my eyes on those basketball games yesterday, too. And uh, so, the Clippers lost. Yeah. So they're done. Don't I hear Doc Rivers may get fired. Um, yeah, that's what I've kind of heard, too.
2: And I guess you're getting to a point here where they've gotten, they've for the past five consecutive playoffs, they've had a lead on a team and lost it. Yeah. And it's like, dude, five consecutive runs of that? Maybe, this it, is, Utah. maybe it is Maybe it is time to uh, to make that Yeah, switch. I'm
1: curious about that. And uh, I hear Chris Paul can opt out. Um, I've
2: heard that, too. And I've heard a lot of people say Chris too. Paul overrated. No, oh, he sucks, dude. And blah, 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 blah. I I don't know about all that. I think Chris Paul's still one of the elite point guards in the NBA. Is that right? So yeah. So if he opts out, and wants to be a Cavalier, do we do it? Yeah, now you're getting into something crazy, talking about getting rid of Kyrie Irving. I mean, that's, that's, <laughs> yeah. That's
1: a, I mean, dude, I love that's Kyrie. A, that's, a, yeah, that's that's a, 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 that's my Cavalier but I but I hear Chris Paul plays better defense, so you, so you would not, that was my no, question. No, that's silly. You're not swapping yeah. out Chris no, Paul for no. Kyrie. I mean, you look
2: at uh, Kyrie's 24, 25 years old. You know what I mean? Like, I hear all yeah, that yeah. and all that
1: makes all the sense in the world and I am you and I are on the same side of that but LeBron and Chris Paul are friends. Does he maybe think about doing it?
2: I, I would be very frustrated with, with LeBron getting his pals around him. I mean, his friends are a bunch of old dudes. He's the only one who's been able to fight father time as well as he has. I mean, his Friends are Chris Paul, Carmelo Anthony, and, and Dwayne, Dwayne Wade, Wade. And they're all old. And they're all, no. So n- no friends. No <laughs> friends.
1: No, no no friends. Make some new friends, LeBron. No, no friends. All right. So the Browns did draft somebody that has some controversy around him. And we want to talk to Scott from WinningForNextYear.com about that. We will do so at 820. But I want to examine it a little bit first. So we'll do that after giving you this $1,000 right now. Show
0: on the Stansberry Show on Rock 106.9.
1: Welcome back to the Stanberry Show on Rock 106.9. Uh, we were asked online via Twitter about the tribe attendance because Fantone went yesterday, said it was you know just over half, and we were asked how they're averaging. So Fantone found over at ESPN.com that tribe is 28th so far this season in attendance. Averaging just over twenty thousand last year was just over nineteen thousand. So it's just going to the World Series has garners them about a thousand fans. Yeah, average, which in is attendance. crazy. Yeah, for a baseball stadium, you wouldn't even notice it.
2: And I mean, you have to consider that the first game was a sellout. So they've only had twelve home games so far. Yeah, you start talking about
1: averages, and yeah, the first one a sellout. Yeah, it throws the whole thing off. And I mean, like. <laughs> (laughs) Small sample size. We'll see what happens over the season, but you're probably more likely to be less attended the deeper you get. Well, like the middle of the season. And then towards the end, if they're still good, then you'll see attendance starts to spike, spike,
2: spike, spike. Which, I mean, I guess I've had my gripes with Northeast Ohio sports fan recently, but, like, guys... Come on, twenty eighth after a World Series Game Seven run, twenty eighth in attendance. That's bad, dude. And we all pretend like during Opening Day, all oh, baseball, the best sport in the world. It's baseball. Oh, Opening Day, Cleveland. Oh, it's so important. I'm gonna take the day off from work, and then you're you don't an go idiot to any if of the you games. don't watch it on TV, and then you don't go to any of the games. All right.
1: You may not be able to find this out fast enough for me for this break, but let's look into it so we can reference it later because the other team in the World Series was the Chicago Cubs, and I'd be interested to find out what their attendance is. They are fourth
2: in MLB right now. So you already do have that. Averaging 39,000 fans a game. Do you know where they were last season? I can find out
1: quickly here. See, I feel like he knew I was going to ask him that question. I've
2: I've I've just got it open
1: and available to me, the MLB attendance report in 2016. I'd be interested to find out where the Cubs went and, you know, from where to where. Cause they're fourth this year so far. We're 28. Now the Cubs are kind of like a religion in Chicago, though. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I mean, that's great, but I mean, they are, but isn't, aren't the Indians? I mean, isn't that, the... Uh, no?
1: I mean, if you were to say, if you were gonna talk this town or, or if you were gonna talk Cleveland to somebody, you're gonna talk Browns first. Where in Chicago, it's probably Cubs before Bears. Um, you've got
2: last year, 2016, yeah. Chicago Cubs were fifth in MLB when it came to attendance, averaging thirty nine thousand fans a game. Yeah, see you game. Know what
1: I'm saying? They're just kind of like a thing.
2: They're and this year they're averaging about thirty nine thousand fans a game. So they haven't moved much, but when you're putting forty thousand people into the stadium, you don't have to. You don't have to move all that much. The right. so Indians haven't moved much either, and they're only getting it halfway filled, dude. Twenty eight out baseball, it's the best sport in the world. Yeah. Oh, dude! Opening day, we gotta go.
1: We'll go one of the other days too. All right. Well, I'm I, I'm glad you took us here because okay. hypocritical sports fans is what we're going to talk about right here. Okay, is because in the sixth round of the NFL draft over the weekend, the Browns picked up Caleb Brantley, who apparently was a second round talent, but fell to the sixth round because apparently a week ago he had knocked a woman unconscious. And so they're looking into it, they're still investigating this. And even Sashi Brown said, Look, we may end up releasing it. But he was there on the board, he has the talent, he was a bargain in the sixth round. If he ends up being clear to this, we got a great player that we don't have to pay a ton of money to. And, you know, if he is guilty of it, then we're just gonna move on from him. And I saw people like murdering the Browns over the weekend for taking this kid. And let me ask you this question Is it okay? And maybe it is. Is it okay for a sports fan to only be concerned about what their team does? Because you're going to turn on this, these games, and you're going to watch your team, and you're mad because they picked Caleb Brantley for what he did. And I would agree that hitting women is awful, and it should probably get you taken off of team sports. So I'm, I'm not on the side of, well, who cares what he did? That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying, is it okay for you to only be concerned with what the Browns did here and not like when you turn the game on, it's like, well, I mean, the Chargers picked up to this kid in the sixth round or this guy in the fourth round who had this problem. Is it okay to cherry pick when you care?
2: Well, you know, obviously you as a fan feel like, well, I only watch the NFL for the team that I like. But no, you don't. You watch the NFL because it's on on Sundays and that's kind of what you do. Like that's just a part You're of You're watching the Sunday night- so, game two. So right. is is there a bigger picture of of well you know it doesn't matter if the Browns take this guy or not if the NFL is the, is the bigger brand if the NFL is going to allow this guy in just because the Browns decided not to draft him does that matter? Yes, it should. If you're going to be the kind of person who stands on a moral high ground when it comes, that's to what sports. I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. If if you're going to apply that to other avenues, if you're going to apply that to the musicians you listen to and to the the movies you watch, well, sure. I mean, and we all have a different line somewhere along that line. Of of where we'll be like, oh, well, it's okay.
1: I feel like we let musicians off the hook for these kinds of things because there's no organization to hold responsible. Although there is, it's called a record label.
2: And a little bit of... It's, but yet we don't do that. It's art. Oh, it's a musician and they're an artist and they're just so weird. And like, I think there's that when it's an athlete, it's like, nope, you're a savage, you're an animal, you're a beast.
1: Yeah, that is true.
2: Yeah, I think there's, I think there's a real difference—the
1: physicality of what a football player does—and then you throw like hitting a woman on top of it. Right. It now seems like steroids run amok, right. and then That kind of thing versus like, well, Prince was weird and just did weird things. Yeah, it does. It's not right though, and I would prefer an NFL full of guys who aren't guilty of any of these things. But let's not pretend that's what we have. No, I mean, I
2: obviously. I think you know it, it, it's 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 a weird place that the Browns are in with this too. Is because this was taken or this incident happened a week ago, right? This isn't like a hey, we know what happened. The facts are out. You know, this guy has been found guilty of this crime. This all happened relatively quickly here, where it's like you don't know the facts, just like the kid from
1: uh, Maslin, like, Gary and Conley. Right?
2: I mean, you don't know what's happened. Who was yet. taken in the first round by the Raiders? So and I know that kid he took a, a a polygraph test and he you know it was it was as much as as much in his side he was doing as much as he possibly could and I don't know the details of this Browns pick so like I don't know what his statements have been I don't know what his what Brantley
1: he- less than a week before the draft was charged with a misdemeanor battery stemming from an incident back on April 13th they initially reported him the cops did as he being the victim according to the Tampa Bay Times a later report reversed that decision Now they're saying Brantley made a crude comment to a Florida student who pushed him. He allegedly responded by striking her in the face and knocking her unconscious. The victim suffered dental damage. She will require a root canal for a displaced tooth. So, I mean, we're going to know for sure. I mean, if she ends up going to the dentist and has to do this, I mean, we're going to have physical evidence of this, right?
2: Yeah, I mean, especially in like, don't get me wrong. I understand you're out there. Somebody says something awful to you. Somebody pushes you. But, bro, you got a lot more to lose. Like. You can't start punching chicks. You can't. You can't.
1: No. No. I mean, there's just... No. You can't. You know what I mean? I don't care. I mean, I don't care what she did to you. You're trying to enter the NFL draft. Now, look. They say Gary and Conley. They say he was innocent. Right? And I don't know that. But here's what I know. The NFL sent his ass home, though. The NFL sent him home. He was there at the draft. The NFL said, you know what? Go home. Now, people are telling me, no, his lawyer came out and said, we decided. That's BS. You're choosing to believe the lawyer because what does Gary and Conley gain by going home? Absolutely nothing. What does the NFL gain by him going home? Not having it talked about every time the camera's on him for three days. So the NFL won that round. So now if you're this kid, like you got to know you were a second round talent, which is already less money. And now you've fallen all the way to the sixth round. Like, dude, this is your future. A week before this stuff's going down and this is your decision-making? Like, that at that point. Not that it's ever a good time. Not like I'm going to be like, well, in June, hit her. You know what I mean? That's not what I'm saying. But, I mean, a week before you're entering in the biggest job fair you're ever going to... I mean, that's what the draft is. A job fair. This is what you're doing? This is your decision-making? I worry about that. Yeah,
2: and I guess... Obviously, the Browns in a, a a spot there where it's like, dude, this guy is talented enough for us to take.
1: I mean, second round talent, six round sixth pick. round pick. But if you did, but if you end up sending him out and you don't suit him up, then then he, he's not. Then it's not second round talent.
2: I don't know and considering considering how much positive happened here considering how much I'm like okay good job Browns all right good job Browns why
1: at the right. why at the finish line of the draft right. are you giving me anything to really bitch about because honestly right. you I know people are mad about the Jabril peppers you know pick I personally I think a lot of that is you know you like Ohio State and you went to Michigan ultimately at the end of the day the kid's pretty versatile we'll wait and see how he translates into the NFL game I'm remaining optimistic about peppers but really what you don't like about him is you went to Michigan that's really the only thing you can really complain about and so yeah you're right you like nailed the draft and then in the sixth round now you give me the thing to not be happy about and maybe they thought ah eh, we're doing it in the sixth round nobody's paying attention maybe nobody will pick this story up i mean i think they were maybe trying to get away with one and, and you even said
2: well maybe we won't keep him if maybe we won't keep him as a part of the conversation then what'd then, you take him at all wh- for why are you doing that man
1: yeah that's a rough look That's a rough look. We'll talk to Scott from WaitingForNextYear.com about that at 820 this morning. Okay, 46.5. 8 million of us are doing something right. and we're doing it wrong. We'll get into that next on the Sandsbury Show. Dude, when you're looking at a, a professional athlete... And like, it's going to cost you draft stock. It just does. Anything... Yeah. Dude, other than running a 4-2 and throwing a ball 100 yards, everything costs you draft stock.
2: I mean, even if this would have been a, a, a male college student that this guy would have blasted in the face, it's like, dude, you're going to be a pro athlete, so when a Steelers fan comes up and starts heckling you at the bar, right. what are you going to do? Are you going to just start knocking fools out? You're still showing me how
1: you resolve conflict. Right. Is by punching people. Right. And so that's gonna cost you draft time. I don't think it's
2: debatable. At the end of the day, um the the the, 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 the picture of you punching a woman plays worse than you punching a man. No yes. question about right. it. No question about it. And if you want to call that a double standard. I
1: guess. Mm, that's one of those ones I'll live with.
2: Right. I mean, I, I, I guess. But like, yeah, any time that you're going to show that you're a violent person who's not good at impulse control, that's definitely going to affect how a team's going to evaluate you.
1: In today's day and age, for sure. When everybody's got a camera in their pocket, everybody's a broadcast center, You, they got to worry about all this stuff now. You can't. I mean, honestly, it used to be back in the day they would just sweep it under the rug. You pay a girl a couple hundred grand and make her go away. She wouldn't make an issue out of it. And the newspaper was never the wiser. That's not the way of the world anymore. Good. And, uh, yeah. Yeah, I, ultimately, probably that we live in a better and society. Good.
2: Once again, man, the Browns, dude, you guys did so much right. You did so much right. There's a quarterback. You guys got the number one draft pick right. There's a million things you did right. Yeah, and and then they you got
1: Deshaun Sean Kaiser, 43rd, I think and it then, was. And then you did this. A little bit of a head scratcher. So, we'll talk to Scott from com about that. I do want to give a couple of athletes uh, a little bit of credit here as the okay. Pro Football Hall of Fame uh, a marathon was over the weekend. Indeed, it was. And I did not know this, but that, that route goes right past uh, where I live. Yeah. And so, like, I walked out Sunday morning, had a little coffee, and I was like, you know, I was, uh, actually walking across the street to get the newspaper like I normally do. And sure enough, I saw everybody running, and I was like, jeez. 26 point two <laughs> miles and I was like in basketball shorts and a t-shirt getting ready to, and I was gonna run over to the thing but I was like <laughs> well, run, run I was like over. well I I, I didn't want I, I don't yeah I didn't want to get caught in there and then next thing you know people think you're running and then now you're part of this whole ordeal 26 point2 miles couldn't do it
2: crazy dude it yeah. absolutely uh, astronomical number 26.2 honestly it'd be a struggle between the the two of us to get like a mile out of us like right. all right man maybe we'll be able to do this um, I'd have to walk it I, uh, I also had the, had the marathon run through my neighborhood and it was kind of towards the end by the time they got up to where I live. So I think you, you were closer to the beginning. Yeah. I was closer to the end, dude. And I just want to say, man, like. I was so impressed by the people that did not look like athletes. Because I really did say, and I thought, I was like, dude, this is a good cross section of the world. You've got every 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 like race I saw represented. About a 50 50 mix between men and women. And uh, you saw some people who look like super athletes. People who look like, you know, they're cut, they're big, they're buff. I saw this fireman, he was carrying an American flag, wearing all the fireman clothes. There were soldiers out there, there were Marines out there, and then there were like people who just looked like they ate at, at the donut shop. Every day, every meal of their life. Yet they somehow or another, they're pushing through twenty six point two miles, dude. Yeah, you didn't see him oh, run at all. Oh, even if you walked, dude, you couldn't. I mean, you couldn't walk twenty six miles right now if we tried to. Oh, 26 that's miles. nah,
1: that's hyperbole. 20, I could totally walk twenty six miles. miles. Yeah, I
2: could do it. I'm telling you right now, man. I was beyond impressed. Um, it was, it was, it was really something seeing people who looked like they had diabetes, like, like out there just doing their damn thing. Yeah, it man. was cool. It really was. Um, as People were going by. Did you like cheer mom? Were you like, yeah, let's go? No. Man, I we were like standing by this church. Hey,
1: human, uh, uh, let me clap as you move. We were standing,
2: we, no. we were standing there looking at him any better? Like no, oh, I was yeah. walking down the street, me, but we were standing by this church, and there was like a bunch of people there, and they all had signs and stuff. So I started making comments to these runners, and I would say about fifty percent of them thought they were funny. Fifty percent of them wanted to strangle me. I was like, "All right, Hall of Fame marathon, Hall of Fame runners," and these people are like, "Shut up, you son of a bitch!" Of course, you're at the end of this thing.
1: They're on their left. Keep it moving, guys! About to die, (laughs) and you're, like, clapping. Yeah, no, I had some guy with a megaphone at, like, at the corner of my house. He was like screaming into that thing, and that's actually honestly what got me to leave the house because I was like sitting on my couch. I was like, God, why is this guy screaming into this thing? And then I walked to the end. I was like, oh, yeah, that's right. That's because all these people are running for, like I don't know, a good reason. I don't know how many
2: finished, but I know 8,000 started. Jeez. And hats off to all you guys. Yeah, that's pretty good there. Pretty
0: good.
1: You won't believe what a guy did running a marathon. Actually, uh, (laughs) this week wasn't the Hall of Fame marathon, but but a guy did something incredible while running a marathon. We'll actually get into that 720 this morning. But I want to talk about this because 46.8 million of us, 48.6 million of us are using a dating app. To try to hook up right now, whether it be hook up or find a relationship, doesn't matter. 48.6 million of us. Now, I will admit that I have had accounts on plenty of fish and Tinder. Now I deleted both apps off my phone. Have not used them in a little while. Um, they just take up a lot of space, and uh, you know all that thing. And the, honestly, I just find myself just constantly swiping past these profiles, and just honestly getting more depressed by it.
2: Yeah, I, I think you can use them appropriately, but I can also see how if you just kind of use them and let them like fester with you, I could see how that could be a problem. If you're just sitting there, I, I don't want to say it's desperate in all cases, but it's not can, in all cases. But you can allow it to get desperate and sad. You can.
1: Yeah, and honestly, just looking at the same people over and over yeah. again, and like looking uh, honestly, part of what I end up doing is not even look looking for somebody for me. I end up just judging everyone I yeah. see, and like, Jesus, lady, you're never going to find anybody. You know what I am mean? <laughs> <laughs> just like, you know, doing that whole thing, and it just depresses me. But a bunch of us are on it, obviously. Like I said, almost 50 million Americans, right? Yeah, it's
2: certainly not the uh, negative stigma that once was associated with it. No. I mean, or, no, no. Uh, you, you can remember back in the day that if you even say, oh, like, oh, I met somebody on online you were a joke like right. it was a joke but i mean
1: people do it now uh, yeah i mean like match and all, like e-harmony yeah. and all those places yeah. claim to have more marriages than everybody else and all this stuff so one of the things people struggle with is striking up the conversation like you can see a profile you can like it you can like even heart it or whatever move swipe left on it i think heart is it. the right one or, or whatever it is and, and you do all that and now that's like telling them like dude yeah i want to take your clothes off right okay and, but one of the things they say we struggle with is starting up the conversation. I would totally agree because while on those things, I would see people that I may be interested in, but I'm like, what? how do I, what do I do? What do I, what do I write? And obviously like, Hey, and something like that yeah. isn't going to get it done. Yeah. So a woman has taken the time to write an article for playboy.com that kind of like will teach us idiot dudes on how to pick up chicks online. Right. But again, these things are always filled with this advice that doesn't really fit my life. And she says here... All the regular ones. Hey, what's up? How's your day going? Aren't going to do you any good. They're just going to delete those. We should know that by now. You kind of need to be a little bit more original than that.
2: Yeah, I mean, you have to, you know, with your opening line, with your opening, you're, you're making your first impression here. You do kind of have to, uh, hey,
1: what's up? You want to stand out. Yeah. She says, obviously, don't start by complimenting her appearance. That's what all dudes think that is the right thing. And she's like, you know, uh, you know, women... That's how guys always compliment women. So you're not going to stand out that way either. And I would agree. It's probably not the first thing you should, you know, you want to hide. Everybody knows what your attention is, but hide it just a little bit. Right. But then she says here is that instead what you do is compliment her accomplishments. Right. So she uses these examples. You're a surgeon. That's awesome. I have a few friends in med school and know that that's no joke. Yeah, that's fine, but I'm not seeing surgeons on Tinder.
2: What surgeon? What are you talking about? Right. Lady? Get out of here. You're a surgeon. I, I exactly. More likely, like, oh, hey, you have three kids and a part-time job. Oh, right. well, I know that's really hard to do. It's right. Jesus, come on.
1: How do I? And again, I I don't want anybody to. You know what? Never mind. I'm not. <laughs> I'm not gonna say it because I because I don't need. But how do you compliment like somebody's accomplishments of? dude, you did 15 hours at, at circle K today. Like way, like way to go. And is that, like, is how it, do I do that? And not sound like I'm trying to be a dick,
2: to be and, honest with you. The last dating app I had and was regularly using was Tinder. And I'm trying to, but like, is your job a part of that? It doesn't, well, me, she's top, saying,
1: you know, part of this is that you are looking to prove that you've actually read her profile and women are probably yeah. more prone to fill out the profiles than men. Okay. All right. And I mean, so she's saying, you know, just make sure that you're also going through this. She goes, the more, successful men that i've met on dating app she claims have asked her about her job again I don't think most people maybe it's the area, maybe it's the how I have my parameters set on these things and again I've deleted it off my phone now but that's part of the reason. It's cuz I wasn't coming across lawyers. I wasn't coming across right. doctors or marketing no. firm women. I was no. honestly I was coming across like Jesus. Like dude this is this is terrible. Like I shouldn't I, you shouldn't be talking to me. I shouldn't be talking to you. This isn't very good. Now I do have a little bit more of an old school way of how I would like to meet somebody. I just kind of want to like stumble into somebody make each other laugh and be like oh my god you're kind of interesting let's have dinner and next thing you know you're in the, you know you're in a three-year relationship like that's kind of how i want to do it i don't really like this digital revolution of trying to get like you know inside somebody else i, I i'm not wild about
2: it you know obviously you, you kind of do have to treat this as the real world and like you're not going to just walk up to somebody at the bar and be like hey you're pretty and expect that to work well you're going to do something observational so like you know oh my god did you just see that over there like there's a million different ways to like get into a conversation with somebody but but you're not just you're not just going to have the information that you're a surgeon in front of them like you're gonna have to open up with something a little bit more subtle a little bit less like hey you know yes you should be dating me like chill dude just like make a comment make a joke and you can get into something
1: i am uh I, I i'm very good at the conversation right in person but i i Totally suck at crafting like the first message on the it's part of the reason why I deleted it because I could never like think about what the right thing to say is in that situation. I am one of those people. I'm better heard than I am read. Like a lot of times my text messages are received as like, geez, dude. And it's like, no, I'm just to the point. And if I was to say this to you, you would have no issue. It's what I'm always talking about with, like, tweets and, like, Facebook and stuff. There's no tone in that. And so a lot of times I don't really – I don't translate well that way. And that and because a part of it, I would imagine, is my job. I'm so used to being making you know, sure that I'm understood when I'm speaking, let alone – and so sometimes I try to type the way I speak, and it doesn't necessarily translate. But, again, I don't think you're running across a lot of people with massive accomplishments on Tinder and B O F. At least I didn't see them. And you know what? Sometimes when you do see those, you're like, well, geez, you're a surgeon. What the hell are you going to want with me? I'm de- then I'm even more nervous about what I'm writing. She says, obviously, one of the things you don't do is ask too many questions about the pictures. She says, talk about something in the photo. Like, if you see them traveling, like, hey, what was your favorite part about that trip? Yeah. Don't talk about how she looks in the bikini. And yeah. again, if you need to be told that, dating apps aren't really, uh, th- that's the least of your worries.
2: I, I really do think that's where people are getting this confused, is you if you wouldn't say that in real life, why would you say that on the dating app? Of course you would make a comment about, like, oh, tell me about your trip, as opposed to, oh, my God, I want to bang you. Look at the, look at your boobs and that.
1: Yeah, people are just more Come bold on. when you Come write on. versus when you speak out loud. It's totally true. It's really, really weird. But I, again, I just don't see lawyers and surgeons on these dating apps. Maybe I just had my parameters set wrong. You need $1,000. We have it, and we're going to get you hooked up next on Rock 106. The Show on Rock 1069. Welcome back to the Sandsbury Show on Rock 1069. You're going to win $1,000 right around the corner here, in just a few minutes. I am. No, well, not you. Oh wow. no, I'm son of a bitch. We're talking to the other people now. <laughs> oh, so it's uh, Rock 106 Nights workday double pay. We'll get you hooked up with a thousand dollars here uh, shortly. So one of these things that's been going around on Facebook a lot is this: the I've been to these ten concerts, but one of them's a lie. And yeah. pick which one. Yeah, right. And I've done this. It's up yeah. at, the, at the show's Facebook page. And uh, I, again, if you really read my list, it should be like, yeah, I bet that one he didn't go to. But they're saying now you better be careful before you start posting this stuff on your Facebook page, and I never thought about this. Okay. But they say that the, one of the reasons why this starts, and you always wonder how did this get so popular, and the reason why people are making sure that people are spreading this around is, is that this is one of the security questions that people will fill out for password type stuff, is like your first concert. So now is you it? list, you list ten. Yeah, that is, for certain sites it's a secure it's a security question you can pick. So now you're listing 10 concerts and what they know about people is, is that we're lazy. And so if you have the 10 concerts and you fill it out, the chances are you are going to pick one of the first concerts you ever went to as one of the choices to be on the 10. It's also one of the ones that might be the, I bet you didn't think I went to this because you know, your musical tastes change over time. And so people are now hacking you because of these things. Now I would never choose that. And I never choose the, this is the security question, or, or at least you kind of have to like pick one of those. I always choose my passwords as a combination of set answers from changes of things. And so you'd have to know me really well. Now, look, everybody can be hacked. right? I don't care who you are. I mean, dude, they hack government agencies. They've hacked Netflix. Like, if somebody wants in, they're getting in. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, you're
2: using your phone to make purchases. You're using your credit card in stores. You're doing all these different things where you're just leaving yourself open Open. to it. Open. Unless you're going to be the one person on the face of the planet who has no digital footprint, yes, you're you're very easily hacked.
1: Is that even possible anymore? I'm not sure it is. I don't know.
2: Not in America as like a, a person living with modern convenience, it's not. I mean, it's also
1: one of the reasons they say that you should online shop with a credit card versus your debit card because that's the credit card's money versus your money. And if you get caught up in like some like online theft or whatever, that you know, it's not your bank account that's going to be shut down while they figure it out. Right, not your debit card. Right. right, 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 right. And so they say to online shop with a credit card versus that. But I never, I, I will admit, I would have never thought about that as being the reason why that thing was getting spread around that often.
2: Now, uh, you know, I, I think there's definitely probably people who are doing this and, and you do have to be careful of what you're doing. But I think sometimes we see stuff happen and and we overreact to it. Like, Oh my God, it's gotta be like, remember it was a couple of weeks ago. They're like, never, never say hello. If somebody asks you, can you hear me? Or never say yes. If somebody asks, can you hear me on, on the, the phone? Because they'll use it to hack your, your identity. And I'm like, so by saying yes, which I say a million times on the radio every day. Available on a podcast. Available on the, on the internet and the just, phone. Just by saying yes, now somebody has the information to hack me. I don't buy that. But this this very much seems like a uh, like a scam. You going hack there.
1: anybody's cell phone. Any guy in a relationship you yes, you hack yes, it, it right. Yes, that's all he yes, says on yes, the phone is yes, fine, I'll do it. Yes, 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 fine, yes I'll do. it. I'll do it. So, uh, yeah, getting hacked would suck. And if you lose money, that would totally suck. That's why we're going to give you $1,000 right now.
0: Stansbury Show on Rock 106.9.
1: Welcome back to the Stansbury Show on Rock 106.9. 820, we'll talk to Scott from winningfornextyear.com. Get his take on the uh, Indians. Game one, Cavaliers tonight. Mm -hmm. And also what the Browns did uh, over the draft, over the weekend. Tomorrow on the program, we'll have beat the box office tickets for a show that's coming Later uh, this summer in July And it says important Do not mention this show Prior to 10am on Monday And in parentheses, it says This means you Stansberry So like because they know like I get a little Yeah who cares I'll just say it anyway Like I get to do that every now and again And it's actually not good It puts us in, at, at some risk But we'll have tickets tomorrow For this show and I'm excited about it I want to go to this show It's a good show it is. It is. It's a really good show. It's a good show. So we'll get you hooked up with those tickets tomorrow. Winner
2: before you can buy a beat the box office. Two for Tuesday. Coming up now next
1: never. Now, if I just hint at it uh, and uh, don't say it, am I still uh, in trouble?
2: Yeah. Uh, uh. All right. Luckily, I don't think our boss would understand the hint. You could hint around it pretty heavily. Yeah, like, but
1: if I'm asking the question, then I know what the, the answer, answer is. Yeah. And I'm being guilty of it. There was such a good tie in right there with a song where I could have done it. I'm not doing it, not doing it. You know what else I didn't do? What didn't you do? The Pro Football Hall of Fame marathon. I didn't No, do it. no, 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 you did not because 26.2 miles is a lot,
2: yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> an F ton of miles right there. You
1: know, I took some photos of that, uh, of people running the marathon because again, it would like started pretty much right by my house, right. And, uh, you know, I posted on my Instagram at Stansbury Show, I posted some of the photos and I was like, you know, I could never run 26.2 miles. Right. And no, everybody couldn't. had the everybody had the same joke, bro. You couldn't run two point six miles. No, you can't. The truth of the matter is, yeah, probably a constant run. I probably could not run just under three miles constantly.
2: I, I said it as I was watching it yesterday, or yeah, yesterday as I was watching it, um, dude. You could break this up over the course of a week, and I would still struggle with it hard. I mean, twenty six miles over seven days. That's, uh, dude. I, I'd still struggle with that hard. That's depressing, right? Right, and these people did it all in one morning, and and it was probably later in the afternoon. I was I don't know where I was driving, but I was in the car, and it was still shut down. And some of like the last runners were coming over, and I thought to myself, I'm like, oh, these people can't even be up in the front of the pack. And I'm like, dude, shut up! You couldn't even you couldn't run half of this. You couldn't run a quarter of this.
1: Like not even close. No, I could never run that far right now. And they say if you're going to run a marathon, what you actually have to do is you have to gear up for that. Like, you can't just be like, yeah, hey, you know what? It's for charity. Let me strap on these shoes That's and get right. out there. It's like, like, like runners train. It's
2: 26 miles. Of course you just can't make that decision one day. But I'm going to say, I think yesterday I saw people fly in the face of that. I saw some of the most unathletic bodies I've seen in my entire life out there, dude. Just people flopping around. Just flopping around. And I honestly, like I said, I was at the end of the race. I was, I think, at mile marker number 21, I was towards. So these people had already put forth a ton of effort and still, like, just, just running out there, trotting along. And, dude, I, I can't even fathom it. So
1: I have an interesting story here about a half marathon. Okay. And a guy named Emmett Farnan okay. ran it. He's a senior engineering student at the University of Notre Dame. And he was apparently a track and field athlete in high school. He ran cross country All right. in high school. All right. All right. So he competed in what is the Holy Half Marathon, April 1st. And not only did he run this half marathon, but he ran it hammered. Ran it drunk. Did not train for it, and then he ran it drunk. Okay, he finished a Coors Light before starting the race, and then downed another beer at each mile marker. He did a he did a beer a mile. He had a friend with a backpack full of reserves, Jeez. like on a bike, like Jeez. following him. He completed the race in one hour, forty three minutes, and forty two seconds. Wow, thirteen wow. miles in under two hours while drinking a beer a mile. Wow running just under eight-minute mile splits. Now, he has the whole thing on a GoPro. We have the video. We're going to post this up for you at WRQK.com. And uh, there will be some language in there you have to worry about. So put some headphones on. Of course. He says, there was no point where I thought I would not finish. He decided to run this race, Phantom, just the day before. No training, did not gear up for it at all. Was like, you know what? I'm a former, you know, cross country athlete. I'm in college now. I probably am still somewhat, you know, uh, close enough removed to where I was running cross country, where I can do this. But he then did it a beer a mile, which is crazy.
2: And I know there's people out here drinking Coors Light, man. It's bare basically water. But dude, you're drinking 13 Coors Lights over the course of under two hours while you're running, dude. Of course you're gonna be hammered. I can't believe. Yeah, you-
1: no, that's hammered.
2: I can't believe he didn't puke just based on the amount of alcohol into his system alone. Some
1: people are going to say, well, you sweat it out. Not fast
2: enough. No. Not that fast. Your body, your body, you can be running or, or jogging, doing whatever the hell you want to. Your body metabolizes alcohol at the same level. No cup of coffee, no running, and nothing's going to change how drunk you are outside of sleep. Dude, exercise is going to fix that.
1: Now, obviously, a sports nutritionist has come out and said, we don't recommend people doing this. No. She said, you know, excessive drinking at any time is not good, especially if you're going to be running half marathon. She said, but if you were going to drink anything and do this, that he did choose the best thing being beer. She goes uh, 12 ounces of Coors Light is fairly low with 4.2 percent ABV, the, you know, alcohol uh, content there. Well, of course, you can't start doing shots.
2: <laughs> you know shot a mile. Like, but oh. I guess that would almost I don't want to say be easier. But that would almost it's because it's less weight in your stomach. That's where I think I would have the biggest problem with Lotus. Is just like oh just expanding beer in your stomach and you got that coarse light gut going on, man. I feel like that would totally be my problem.
1: He was running eight mile splits. So think about that. You're drinking a beer every eight minutes. Jesus, dude. Like that's fast. That is. Like that's similar to like as all right, as a golfer, you see this all the time on the golf course. Guys like to drink and golf. I don't really, but a lot of guys do. And one of the things will happen is, is that you, you know, the bravado will get out, and next thing you know, you're trying to do a beer a hole. And a hole takes about 10 minutes if you're playing well, maybe even under. And so watching guys, then as soon as you're pulling up to the green, start to ch- like chug the rest of that beer to like to make it, and then before you tee off on the next hole, like open another and stuff. Guys can barely swing the club at, at like seventh eighth hole. We can call it whatever
2: name we want to and put whatever rules we want to in it, but uh, binge drinking is binge drinking, no matter what the activity yeah. is there. sure that's what you're doing, man. You're drinking a beer every eight minutes. God, dude, I, I guarantee you, running or otherwise, I just couldn't do that because I'd vomit. I
1: guarantee. It. I, even walking, which you're not going to walk a mile in eight minutes you know he's running so if I was walking could I do a beer a mile I bet I couldn't even do that anymore downtown Canton. We might have,
2: you know, might have a little challenge on our hands right now. Stansberry walking around getting drunk.
1: The Stansbury Show drinking marathon does sound like a good idea for like 1995 radio. In today's day and age, people would be like, oh my mm. god, he's promoting drinking too much. Somebody's gonna die. We're gonna have to bag up the body. What do we do? We have to get him off the radio. That would totally be the thing now. You could never get away with that. But what an, I, I just, I don't understand how you could run being hammered.
2: And I mean, you're running and drinking that beer too like it just seems like a disaster that is a
1: bad bad look all right so there are new security measures coming to the amusement parks we're going to debate whether or not that's a good idea we will do so next on rock 106.9 on rock
0: 106.9
1: welcome back to the sands ratio rock 106.9 810 this morning win yourself a thousand dollars with rock 106.9's workday double pay your next keyword happens 810 this morning We'll also talk to Scott from WinningForNextYear.com at 820. Get his take on what the Browns did over the weekend with the draft. Talk to him about Indians' attendance. I'm very interested to talk to him about that. And also, starting tonight, 7 p.m., at the Q, Cavaliers back in action Game 1. Raptors, the North there. Come down a little uh, south to take on the Cavaliers.
2: Feels like it's been a year since the Cavaliers played, dude. Which is Would a, agree. Which is a good thing. I mean, you know, obviously uh, rest is at a premium for LeBron James and yep. company, and uh, they've had plenty of opportunity to do so. Um, I uh, I feel confident about this series. Um, I think if if there's a team in the East that has a real shot at at knocking the Cavs off, it is the Toronto Raptors. Um, but I'll be I'll, I'll be optimistic and I'll say Cavs in six. I feel like that's a pretty safe bet. Um, they're a t- more talented team. At the end of the day, you know the Cavs are the best team in the East, and as long as they they play as as they
1: are, should be uh, should be a victory. Uh, we agree here. I think they win this series. I think it won't be a sweep. I think it will be six games, and that's okay. You're not going to sweep every team. It's just not the way it's going to be. Um, and I watched that, or at least a little bit of it, that Washington. Boston game yesterday. And yeah. That game started out 16 nothing Washington's favor and then they ended up losing that game. Boston just came back and uh, honestly that game th- that final quarter of that game was actually really interesting. Um, and that's who awaits us next after this whole thing is whatever weighs out there and uh, here's the thing. I, I You know way more about this than I do, Fantone, but I would it seems like I would rather want, even though they came back and won. I think I would rather face Boston than Washington right now. Um, yeah, Washington's got really
2: good guards, which obviously is is can be problematic for the Cavaliers to have to guard two really good guards when right. when, when one of the guys that you have defending them is Kyrie Irving. So yeah, I can certainly understand why uh, why the Cavs fans would want Boston over them. And you know, it uh, it's one of those things. You can't pick the path that's in front of you. You can right. just beat the teams that are are in front of you. And I feel like the Cavs have this over to. So fingers crossed, and uh, you know, hopefully Scott will have some insight on what the Cavaliers need to do. Before we get off the Cavs, just want to shout out uh, Heritage Tattoos once ah, again. Nice, yes, want to yes, shout yes, those yes. dudes out, Rob, uh, the tattoo artist. Put a kick-ass Larry O'Brien trophy on me with the Cavs C incorporated into it, um, and I couldn't be happier with the, uh, with the results. So uh, if you're looking for new ink, Heritage Tattoo they'll get, they'll get you done.
1: Yeah, there you go. They'll get you done. So. Summer right around the corner, yeah. and one of the things that comes with that is families going around for their vacations yeah. and doing all like the fun touristy type stuff. And a huge part of that is Cedar Point. That's yeah. a, you know, that's a huge part of that. It should be, man.
2: I that's mean, a good park. I, I think arguably the best park in the world. Like, and I know it's like, oh, you've only been out, but I mean, constantly listed as one of the top amusement parks on planet Earth in
1: our backyard. Essentially. Yeah, that's awesome. That's nice to have. Right, brings a lot of money into the area. But now, apparently, your wait time at Cedar Point to get into the park is going to be affected. And you're going to have to wait a little longer. As, yeah, they say here, Cedar Point, the roller coaster capital of the world, Mm -hmm. you're going to have longer wait times to pass through their front doors now because they're going to put metal detectors out. And uh, the parent firm of Cedar Point added another level to security to all its parks, which is the metal detectors, okay? Cedar Point spokesperson Tony Clark says the process of passing through metal detectors should go quickly, and uh, they're going to open Saturday with newly expanded water park Cedar Point Shores, and it has the second most roller coasters in the world behind Six Flags Magic Mountain in California. Uh, Oh, my God, dude. I didn't know this. Cedar uh, Point is... six. Okay. No, no, no. Okay. That, that's how far it is from Cleveland. Not how big it is. I was like, yeah, that doesn't make any sense in the world. But they're going to put metal detectors up at the front gate of this. And I guess I can't be shocked by that, right? I mean, this is massive amounts of people all congregated together from all different places. And if you were looking to terrorize this is a huge body of people in one space as
2: good as any other I mean why not Cedar Point sure there's right. thousands upon thousands of people in there and all of them have their guard down there's no question about it you're sitting there you know your kids begging begging let me get some french fries I want french fries I don't want to wait two hours for a ride you know so you're never going to be like expecting something like that so yeah I mean just as good as anywhere else in the
1: world They're probably not paying attention to the people around you right more concerned about you know you and yours right. making sure your kids aren't running off and no we're not buying cotton candy right now we're too close to home, you just already had a soda. Yeah, so you're probably in your own there. And, you know, people are upset about this, but I, I'm i not shocked by it. And to be honest with you, when I read the headline this morning, I was like, oh, I was kind of surprised they didn't have those already. I'm trying to remember, when was
2: the last time I went to Cedar Point? Three years ago? Four years ago? It's been some, a little while Something like me. that? I, I don't remember what the... Entrance policy is like, do they, you know how like, like yesterday I went to the Indians game and I passed through that metal detector, dropped my keys and my cell phone and all that stuff in in, in the little bucket there and moved it along. I'm trying to remember what Cedar Point does. Do they have? They've got to have somebody standing there going through at least, like, purses and, like, diaper bags, right? Yeah,
1: they're going to look into big bags. I would imagine if you're bringing a cooler in there, they're going to want to look in that. And, Make sure you are um, not bringing booze and yeah, stuff like no that. Yeah, no glass bottles and that kind of thing. I uh, And so, yeah, I would imagine there's somebody there with, a, like, a, like, a wand that, like, wands you down, but they're actually putting in full-on metal detectors and I guess I—I I mean, like I said, I, I, you can't be shocked by that. With how many people pass through those gates every day? No,
2: it's and it's 2017, and every company on the face of the planet wants to look like they're being proactive to make sure that they're you're safe here. Yes, that, that you, this is a, a place where you can come and feel okay, and like not have to worry about things like that. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess you can't be surprised that it hasn't happened yet. I mean, it's 2017. Like, it, yeah, you, you'd you expect this this bridge to be crossed.
1: Yeah, we were talking about this before the show started this morning. And Antone said to me, he's like, you know, there's just this weird place where we do this and where we don't. For like public spaces where, where we worry about having metal detectors versus where we don't. And we started talking about stores. And, you know it's for the lack of convenience of like cuz you know your keys are metal and all this like right. uh, like stuff but you, you know you were bringing up and again this is just pulling a name out because it's the name which is walmart all right so like a big box we'll just keep it you know blank big box stores like that those kind of places and you had made the argument that it's like well you know what I mean? It's like a really weird territory where we're, we're, we're checking people before they go into places like Cedar Point. Yes. Big stores. No.
2: And at the end of the day, you've got a, a concentrated group of people. And I mean, it's, it's Cedar Point. Yes. Indians game. Yes. Movies. No. Walmart. No. Like, why is it different there as opposed to, well, I guess it's because you're buying a ticket and it's not just public entrance. But I mean, that shouldn't really matter. Right. I mean, whether you bought a ticket or not, that's I feel like that's pretty
1: you can buy and with cash. There's no tracing cat. you know what I mean? Like right, that, so. right.
2: So, I mean, you're, you're kind of splitting hairs there on, on, on whether that makes a difference. Now, obviously, every business has its own decision to make on whether they are going to allow guns in their establishment. They have their own decision to make on whether they're going to screen for that or something like that. But I have to assume that Cedar Point was a quote unquote gun free zone prior to this, right? I would think. Right? I would think. I don't know that, but I would assume so. And, and I have to wonder, is this going to be a thing that Cedar Point ends up regretting? Because now that you are a quote-unquote gun-free zone, that comes with a negative stigma to a lot of people. That comes with a negative reputation it to will. a lot of people. And now is it like, well, now Cedar Point's the most dangerous place on Earth. You know what I mean? Like, well, you're a gun-free zone, and, and the only people who listen to that are criminals. Are, are, you know, criminals aren't going to listen to a gun-free zone. I, I, I wonder if that's going to become a, 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 a an anchor
1: on Cedar Point this summer. You know... James tweets in and brings up an interesting point. He was like, you don't have to get through the gate to terrorize anybody, especially now. If they're going to put metal detectors up there, you get there at 8 o'clock in the morning, there's going to be a 1,000 people lined up waiting to get through the door. He's like, you want to terrorize people, just attack them. And I was like, you know what? I never even thought of that. But you're absolutely right. Now, you know, that's you never eradicate anything. It doesn't mean you don't take measures to try to keep people safe. Right. You know what I mean? So, right. so you got to think about that. But I would make the argument. And I think I'd be right about it. Like, let's say this. Like, let's say an attack happens at a big amusement park. Right. You and I could both be in the amusement park at opposite ends of the park, and neither one of us could be near where that thing happened. That's how big those things can happen.
2: Certainly with Cedar Point, you've got a huge theme park there. Six flags over whatever. I don't know. But still, yes, you're you're spread out enough there.
1: Where if you and I are in the same big box store in a strip mall and something goes down, we're going to be close enough to it. Whether I'm in the automotive and you're still over in groceries, if something's going down in women's clothing, yeah. we're still close enough to it to where it's like, "Oh no." Where well, we're going to know what's happening. Like something could happen in an amusement park you at the no other point. end of the park yeah. and you have no idea it's going down. Where if something goes down in a store, I know immediately. Right? If a gunshot goes off in like a store,
2: we're going to know. You're going to have at least somewhat of a uh, of a of a, of, a, of an idea of that. <laughs> But I mean, I guess at this point, if you feel like this is a good idea, then why not metal detectors everywhere? Why not metal detectors at McDonald's? Why not metal detectors? I mean, it, at the end of the day, anywhere you have a a concentrated group of people, which is, you know, businesses, which yeah. is uh, why? Why not? Those, why not put them everywhere?
1: It's honestly, it's partially just convenience of getting people in and out fast enough, right? Like you can't. At the end of the day, you'd have to empty out everything in your pockets before going into every store. Would you be okay with somebody carrying a gun in an amusement park? I mean, you're riding
2: the Magnum and and are you all right with the guy in front of you having a gun on you or on him?
1: I guess I would have to say ultimately yes because a guy could be carrying that gun and I wouldn't know and it doesn't affect me either way. Am I going, is my opinion change if I see it? Yes, then that's what's the weird thing about the open gear. I don't want to like, you know, because I'm, I'm,
2: I'm, I'm not like oh, anti-guns or anything, but I just feel like at an amusement park there's going to be a lot of room for error there where when you're riding the Gemini and you're shaking around in your car like that, you know what I mean? And, and you, you walk out of there needing a chiropractor, what's to say? that that i don't know i mean what's what's to say that doesn't turn into a a fatal gun
1: accident is that us not knowing about uh, well enough about how guns work maybe i
2: feel like i feel like there's there's enough room for like pause there where i i don't i don't know if that's
1: necessarily i mean i mean it's like when you see it in the movie where a guy drops a gun and it fires and that doesn't and that doesn't happen so I, uh, I, i mean again if it's holstered safety on you're probably okay but when you were talking about you know accidental discharge of a weapon is probably enough I, I guess the answer would have to be no. Um this will slow down getting into the park, which I can't imagine is a fast process to begin with, depending on what time you go, when what point in the month and like all that stuff, but like I remember, I mean it takes a while to get through there as it is, and this is definitely going to slow that down. I uh I, I but you're you hit on Like an important point. It's a very weird line where we decide metal detectors are a go and where they're not. And where we think we're safe and where we're not. Because like I said, if something goes down in a store, you're close enough to it. Right. You know what I mean? And that's much more dangerous than I would imagine. And I would think that if you were looking to terrorize a park like that, it's probably not metal. Right? Aren't you looking for something airborne that hits the you know what I mean B- people and a- and that's probably in a glass tube of some sort? Uh, I don't even know how that stuff works.
2: I don't know. I feel like you could be just as quick. I mean, you got to think all those people are already lined up standing there waiting 2 hours for the newest amusement park ride for waiting for the top throw dragster or whatever the hell it is. Dude, they're in a line. If you take if you take a you know a gun, just, you know, like that'd be as easy as you could get to kill as many people as you possibly could. And you have to think too, like that's an incredible hit on psyche when you hit you you know, Americans at rest, at relaxation, at vacation, like that would be a prime place to hit people. I'm surprised hospitals aren't a part of that equation. I'm surprised schools aren't more of a part of that equation where it's like, dude, this is a perfect place for terrorists to attack us. Perfect.
1: Bradley says properly holstered gun would pose absolutely no threat. It would just be more uncomfortable for the person holding the or like wearing the gun while riding, uh, you know, the roller coaster. And uh, Jeffrey writes in says sunglasses and wallets are always flying out of your pockets. Imagine if a gun fell off the side of, you know, what I mean. Somebody doesn't, yeah, that's going to be terrible. Kid picks it up off the ground, and uh, next thing you know, yeah, you're in a bunch
2: of trouble. And you're putting properly holstered as a part of the conditions there, where it's like, dude, I don't know if I trust the dude in front of me at Cedar Point who's got the matching, you know, airbrush shirt as his girlfriend, you know, in the giant. Shorts. I don't know if I trust him to. I don't know if I trust him <laughs> no. to be properly holstered. Yeah,
1: there. honestly, how many times do we hear about it where a CCW holder did something inappropriate with their gun, and uh, it turns out they're not all that responsible. Not that all of them aren't, but there's enough stories where something like that goes down. But yeah, you can expect a longer wait line at Cedar Point. Over this summer, we'll give you $1,000 with Rock 1069's Workday Double Pay. That happens next on the Shock Show. Welcome back to the Sansbury Show on Rock 1069, where you're about six minutes away now from getting hooked up with $1,000 with Rock 1069's Workday Double Pay. It's every hour, six o'clock in the morning till nine o'clock at night. We give you a keyword 10 after each hour, you win $1,000. It's a pretty smart system there. Before the break, we were talking about Cedar Point adding metal detectors to the front gate. It's gonna take you a little longer to get through and Leslie wrote in she said metal detectors are fantastic I was at Six Flags in California in the early 90s there was a huge riot people mugged and shot the Los Angeles sheriff cleared the park in full riot gear we ended up stranded at the park as my best friend's sister and her uh, friend were mugged as they were driving away a marine and his family took them to the hospital it was the scariest moment in my life she feels like metal detectors at the front gate may stop that from happening to somebody else and we talked
2: about accidental discharge, and somebody brought up the fact, well, if it's a properly holstered gun, you're not going to have anything
1: to, to worry about And there. you have numbers that fly in the face of that, right? Well,
2: I mean, it, at the very least, I mean, accidental discharges can, uh, not, not involving trigger pull. So right. not trigger pull can be in their holster. It can, can happen when a gun is poorly maintained, um, when there's uh, inept gunsmithing, uh, abuse of the gun, or like a, a, a jarring shake to it. And I mean, there's some guns that have that. It's a fire pin safety where a shake isn't going to necessarily, or somebody dropping it isn't going to necessarily. Right. But not all guns have that. I mean, so like, so you're on the Magnum and you're shaking around. And...
1: I would have never thought of it. Seems like a bad idea to me. I would, uh, I would, I would have never thought of that. Sorry. I was. But,
2: well, I mean, you hey, know, you know, know. gun free zones. I mean, they're the least safe place on earth. So I don't know. I
1: don't know. I don't know. You it's going to be interesting to see what Tough happens this summer. There. There. I guess we'll fi- we'll find out. It, you know how many uh, how many weapons they find? Because here's the thing: everybody thinks gun, but it's knives too, right? All right, it's all that kind of stuff right. too. So it's like I'm willing to bet they're going to find a lot of stuff you didn't want in parks.
2: Yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously, there's going to be other weapons
1: involved as a part of it. Sure. So, if you go into any college class today, what you're going to see in front of every kid in there is a laptop. Because that's how they all take notes now. nobody writes anything down now you're typing it all now, and everything's digital. I can type so much faster than I can write I can, oh, under, God, yeah. I can understand why that's
2: when you're when you're in a lecture and somebody's just spewing information at you, I can see why you'd want that
1: and it's just easier to read when you go back on it and like all that thing and welcome to technology. It's been the way forever, okay and so I'm all for it and but what we know is that not all those students in that class. Are working in that class they have those laptops open and they're like on the internet they're doing other stuff yeah right yeah and so you got to be careful about what you do in class because people are going to see it wait you're telling me that people waste time on the internet no way no way and so I can't believe that this professor was able to do this but in a college course at the University of Michigan The professor put on, like, the big board, like, in front of the whole class, the browser history of everyone in the class. And, of course, nobody's working. The Chipotle menu was big. ESPN was big. Fantasy football, baseball, all that kind of stuff was big. People were online shopping. Reddit. Obviously, people watching porn. A lot of people buying makeup. Looking at pictures of themselves. Chinese rap videos was like number twenty five on the list. Strange, There's probably one kid in the back just loves Chinese rap music. Taking selfies with their computer's camera. Playing. No. Oh my god! Mortal Kombat's on here. Sex tapes. Now this is their browser
2: history while they're in
1: class. Correct? While they were in class.
2: So I'm not necessarily to find out or surprised to find out that you're wasting time. I am surprised to find out. What do you watch porn for in class? Especially Wait, on a to...
1: laptop. Somebody behind you can see.
2: Right. And it's not like you're masturbating. I mean, and maybe that's where I'm coming at it from the wrong view is the only time I'm watching pornography is for masturbation. I don't understand people who
1: watch pornography as like enjoyment viewing. I don't get that. some
2: porn here. I don't
1: understand that at all. Mind boggler. I I, I I don't get why you'd put yourself through that.
2: Um, But as far as like video games and like selfies and like, dude, I mean, we want to put this on college
1: kids like, oh, they're the worst. They're spending no. all
2: that money. It's dude. It's everyone.
1: No, if we walked into a meeting today or have you walked where you work into a meeting today and this is how your boss started the meeting. Imagine that Ooh. nobody's coming out of that. Well, now see, like my boss said to me the one day, I'd be interested to see your browser history. <laughs> and I said to him, I was like, dude, look at what I do for a living. Right. It's my job to talk about every weird story there is in the world. Of course, my work browser history is going to be way crazier than some people. Oh
2: yeah. There, there, there's no denying that. But uh, I mean, for the most part, I would say you and I like, yes, we have to have Facebook open. Yes, we have to have Twitter, Twitter open. open, but do, that's such an exceptional case because any other job, you're not supposed to have Facebook open. You're not supposed to have social media open. You're not supposed to be doing stuff like that. Where part of our responsibilities are to interact with people
1: with, you know, via the digital platforms. And there. your browser history at work is not. Part of a privacy issue. No. They, they, as a matter of fact, that's in your work agreement that it, they own that machine and everything that happens on
2: it. And it's your it's their Wi-Fi. It's their machine. You can bring your own computer into work or college or whatever. But, dude, no, you're using their you're using their Internet. Here's now. where this
1: gets really tricky is like your Gmail account. Right. Mm-hmm. Like I obviously log into my Gmail account through my work computer, right. which is terrible because now technically they have the right to read what's in my Gmail account because I'm u- accessing it on their computer. And here's the thing. I think we work for a guy who would do it. I do not everybody, but there's one guy in particular that we work with in this building who would technically have that authority, who I think, who will tell me all the time, I don't have enough free time to be doing that. No, you're right, you don't, but we all know that you would use your free time to do this. And it's I'm actually thinking about buying a new machine yeah. right now. I'm, I actually need a new cell phone and a new computer all, all at the same time. So I've been like flipping the coin on what way I want to do here. Do I want to go with the Samsung Galaxy S8? I'm currently an iPhone person now. And then go Get, I'm also looking at the Google phone and then it's like, what computer do I get? You kind of want both those things to go hand in hand. And when I do that, since it will be a laptop, most likely that I'm going to buy, what I'm going to do is I'm going to then change all of my, you know, my passwords again. And then when I, when I get that machine, I will bring that into work daily and access my email account, my private email account from here so they can no longer do that. So then once, you know, because I don't want them to have access. Still using their internet. Still using their Wi-Fi. I don't have to. Well, how are you, you going can have the laptop connected to the internet? I can get one of those cards from my cell phone provider that you can put in your machine and actually pay to have Wi-Fi, uh, pay to have the internet wherever I go and not use their wi Because honestly, I want this company out of my personal stuff. I don't know that they're looking at it, but... I, if you had the power to look at everybody you, who you work with, browser history, and read through their emails, would you do it? You'd say no, but that's a lot of temptation to give a human being and have them not do it. I don't trust anybody when it comes to that stuff. I need them out of my personal email account. I don't I don't like the idea of that at all. Let's get you hooked up with this $1,000 right now. Barry
0: Show on Rock 106.9.
1: Welcome back to the Sansbury Show, Rock 106.9, 910. Nine, nine, you get your next keyword for Rock 106.9's Workday Double Pay. It's $1,000 up for grabs. We do it every Monday around this time. Today shall be no different. We are joined by Scott from WinningForNextYear.com. My man, how are you? Good morning. Thanks for having me. It's, uh, it's good to have you back in. And uh, we'll go in order here. We'll go Indians, Cavs, then Browns. Uh, we talked about this this morning, right, uh, that the Indians currently are ranked 28th in Major League Baseball in attendance. There are about 1,000 fans over their average from last year, just over uh, 20,000 this year. It's what it is. We're twenty eighth in the league in attendance, and I guess what I'm going to ask you is, why? I mean, we're coming off a World Series victory. How does this happen? You
0: know, I I, I think it'll be. You know, we go we go through it every year where Aprils are kind of you know questionable weather. Um, I you know kids are still in school. Though, all the you know the gamut of excuses. Uh, you know, family game. You know what have you? I do think you know, walk-ups and, you know, as much as the team doesn't want them because it's tough to plan and you can't staff and all the rhetoric that goes on with, with walk-up-type games. Um, you know, I, I do think you're going to start to see a boost once once spring, you know, it ends and summer starts to roll around here. Um, I, I will I will start to question or analyze or scrutinize attendance metrics on or about the 4th of July to kind of see, like, where they are. Okay. I do think, they're they're going to continue to get a boost, because their season ticket holder base is much higher. Um, And and then it'll count on the rest of the people you know, deciding, hey, it's going to be 75 and sunny today. Let's go to the park. And I think think you'll get a lot of that.
1: All right. Well, currently the Cubs, who were fifth last year in attendance, are already fourth. So you could make the argument that they would have all the excuses that we have, right, that the weather's not going to be so great early April. It's a family game. Kids are still – I mean, they have all those excuses too, and yet people are going to the park.
0: Yeah, but Cubs games are just much different than than They're anywhere else. I mean, people take off of work, right? You know, and make a whole day out of these things. You know, it's, you know, it's a, it's a tough ticket to come by, and it's a it's an experience. Cubs, you know, the, the Wrigleyville and Wrigley Field, and that whole thing. It's true. has true. become is. an experience more, much more so than anything the Indians have been able to provide. I mean, I, they've done a great job of making the park into what it is today. Um, but I, I mean, it, I think it's kind of unfair to compare them to the Cubs especially given the you know the population density of of Chicago fair point um you know i i i would i would like to see them you know 28th is still pretty miserable um and i, I think you need to see them creep up above some of these middle market teams uh, you know they're never going to have the the attendance that the larger markets do but i think as long as you can get them above the Milwaukee's of the world, right? I, I think you're. I think you I think you're trending in the right direction.
2: Yeah, when it comes to just actual number, I can of course understand why why you're not pulling forty thousand people in because Chicago is a huge city. I mean, right. that, that makes sense. But dude, when tickets are twenty bucks and you can park for fifteen, and, and you know, hot dogs are four, it just to me, you know, for all the for all the for all the pomp and circumstance that goes into opening day at, at Jacob's Field or, or at the at Progressive, everyone puts so much. Oh, baseball's the greatest game of all time. And then we just don't go to the games. It just it, it, to me, it just it almost feels hypocritical of the Northeast Ohio sports fan, which I guess I can't be surprised by. <laughs> like,
0: yeah, I guess welcome I to it. I, I will add real quick. I do think the the Cavs' extended playoff runs don't help. Um, you yeah. know, you have a you have a you have a Chicago just to use that that you know benchmark who you know barely made the first round and they're out. You know, now that that's the only game in town, right? Um, you know, I do I do right. think there's some uh, discretionary dollars locally that are either being saved or used right now on on the Cavs. And and I think if you had to pick a, a playoff NBA game or a mid-April baseball game, I would, right. I would choose the playoff basketball right. game 10 times out of 10.
1: Not even close there. You're absolutely right about that. So let's just transition into the Cavaliers as game one against the Toronto Raptors. Tips off tonight, 7 p.m. at the Q. I've asked you before. We kind of know that there's no drama in this in the sense that we don't think that the Cavaliers can lose the series. Fantone and I already gave out our estimations earlier this morning. We feel like Calves in six, and that's probably realistic, right?
0: I think so. I think six is a good baseline with five being the high side in terms of quickness. Um, I know there's a lot of people who think they can sweep. Uh, I, I just think whether it's game three in Toronto or even game one tonight, um, you know, they might stumble. Um, you know, they, they haven't played LeBron James has played four games in the month of you know since, you know in the month of, or since since the season ended, wow. and you know that that you know it's tough to you know it's a good rest, but uh, you know and the the workouts have been great and they've been putting a lot of time into film and everything at, at, at Cleveland Clinic Courts. But you know anyone will tell you there's really no replication of in game action. And if they stumble out of the gate, you know so be it. Um, but I do think that the fact that they are seven game series, it does work to the Cavs' advantage as they do have the, they they do win the talent gap there.
2: Yeah, I don't. I don't think it's questionable, but it's just one of those things. I think Toronto does have the capabilities to kind of go perfect storm on the Cavaliers. I mean, I, I, I know Toronto is hitting a lot of uh, corner three pointers, which you know can be problematic for the Cavs to to, to defend against. Um, and I guess when you when you get down to it, obviously the most important player in this series is LeBron James. Other than him, who do you view as the second most important guy uh, playing basketball tonight?
0: It, it's gonna. Sounds silly, but Kyrie Irving. um, You know this. This, he's the second best player on the floor. Uh, He's he's better than Kyle Lowry. He's better than DeMar DeRozan. He's better than Serge Ibaka. But if he if he perform if he shoots the way he did in Game Four, um, you know maybe maybe you know he scored a lot of points, but it took a lot of shots. And I think if if he cannot be efficient, that could pose to be a bit of a headwind for the Cavs. So I I think you, you could assume. You can chalk LeBron up for twenty-seven, eight and eight, you know, any night, but you need you need the cap supporting cast to, uh, to 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 fill their gaps, and I think that starts with Kyrie Irving.
1: Yeah, I mean, anytime you're the second most talented guy on the floor, we're going to look to do, you for right? sure. Yeah, you definitely got work to do, and you got to live up to that. And uh, it is now we know Kyrie is an offensive star. Are we going to see his defensive struggles uh, come back to haunt us at all in this series?
0: It'll be interesting to see what. Ty Lue and uh, Mike Longabardi that they're, they're kind of head defensive guru, do uh, because, you know, in, in a series like Indiana, if you want to shift a star, to, you know, or you want to give LeBron extra rest, you put J.R. Smith or Raymond Shumpert on Paul George, you can get away with that. Uh, you know, you can kind of hide Kyrie on a, on a you know, injured Jeff Teague. You can't hide Kyrie Irving on Kyle Lowry or DeMar DeRozan, right? Um, and you're definitely not going to have him guard a small forward. So it'll be very interesting to see what they do. Um, I would I would picture them going under a lot of screens to keep them away from the rim, um, you know, and kind of you know hedging and keeping guys. If if they have to shoot, if they have to hit threes, make them earn, earn their threes. Run them off the line when you can. But I think the name of the game is keeping those two guys, Kyle Lowry and DeMar DeRozan, out of the paint, and that's going to start with Kyrie at the top.
1: I'll ask you about this um, from the Western Conference real quick before we transition into the Browns. You saw yesterday the Clippers lose Game 7 at home on their home court. And uh, I've heard rumors. Is Doc Rivers going to be let go, you think?
0: No, I don't know. Um, you know they, they, they seem to be in a bit of a state of flux there. Uh, they, they can't seem to shake the injury bug come playoff time. You know, Chris Paul willed them to Game Seven. I right. mean, by himself. Uh, you know, with, uh, with Blake Griffin out with the toe injury, it just was a, uh, another perfect storm for Doc. And again, a very, very talented team that wins a lot of basketball games in the regular season. But, but again, another another first round ouster. Um, you know, so it'll it'll be very interesting to see what they do. You know, they essentially traded for that guy. Right. Um, you know, so it'll which is which is very you know very rare in the NBA. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what they do, but if they, if they do, I think it kind of signals the end of, of, of the Clippers as a, as a, I don't want to call them a dynasty, but as a, as a perennial top three or four team in the West,
1: we're talking to Scott from winning for next before we get off the NBA, one more question. And we'll stay with the Clippers as Chris Paul able to opt out of his contract, become a free agent, uh, uh any chance whatsoever we see, we see LeBron kind of uh, rally and get one of his friends here in town.
0: If if Paul was willing to take the pay cut, uh, but I think it'll be something very, very similar to what happened with Wayne Wade. Um, you know, you have a guy who is wanted. You'll have a guy who is kind of recruited, whether it's full on or just kind of, hey, you might want to consider coming here. Um, you know, it would be very interesting to see him team up with Deron Williams or Darren Williams after, you know, the debates reigned so early in their careers about who was the better point guard.
1: Yeah, it's fair point. Uh, but
0: I, I think you're, I think, I think you're going to have, it'll, it, put it this way, if the new salary cap numbers come out and it makes it much tougher for a team to sign him with, to a lot of money in the open market, I think that works to the Cavs' advantage. But when you only have a, uh, you know, a vet minimum or, you know, a, a partial exception that you can throw toward a guy like that, it's, it's you know, it becomes, do I want you know, a, a, you know, do I want a chance at playing with one of my best friends and maybe winning a title, or do I want $15 million? And, right. You know, and then and then watch him on TV. And I think you saw what happened with Dwayne Wade. And as much as we want to hope that there would be some, you know, well, he's made a lot of money in his career and he hasn't had the title and we we have these – noble endeavors for these guys it just never really worked out that way so no, it be, it'll be interesting but i don't see it happening
1: yeah i was going to say from what i it, yeah. if the math i heard yesterday is right i think the clippers can give chris paul 70 more million dollars than anybody else in the league and guys can talk about how they want to win all they want but that's it's a lot of money that's a lot of money. <laughs> a lot of money it's a lot of money and a bunch of new athletes getting a bunch of money as the browns wrapped up their draft as the rest of the nfl did over the weekend and you know we talked to you on friday And we know we are all right with the first round overall. Um, I personally think what they did was really smart. I think you know adding that tight end was smart. I think you know getting Miles Garrett was intelligent. But I, out of all the quarterbacks, I think the least one that I was excited about was Deshaun Kaiser. And there he is in the second round, and they go get him. I mean, when when your guys are Cody Kessler or Brock Osweiler, I mean we're going to start. We're gonna end up starting Deshaun Kaiser, right?
0: At some point you have to assume he'll get called upon. Um you know, I do think Cody Kessler wins the quarterback, you know, to start challenge the season. or whatever you want to call it. You know, come you know, come game. Yeah, I do think he's your week one starter. Okay. Um, you know, and he you know, he says, you know, a lot of his sacks and then the subsequent concussions were his doing because he held on to the football too long. And if he didn't learn if he doesn't learn to get rid of the ball quicker, um, you know, we could be seeing Kaiser much earlier than probably anybody wants to. That said, this team invested a ton of money in their offensive line and free agency. Right. And, you know, you have to you have to assume that that will only help these quarterbacks kind of grow within this system. Um, you know, you talk to some people. Dane Brugler had Kaiser as the 1B for his, you know, number one quarterback. Uh, you have some people who didn't, don't think that, you know, that read a lot into his regression his, his this last year in Notre Dame. And and don't think he's going to be anything in the NFL. But what you know, I see a, a 6'4", six four, two hundred thirty pound kid. They have the Browns haven't drafted. I think it's been nineteen years. They said since the Browns have drafted a quarterback over six two who wasn't twenty seven years old
1: in Brandon Weeden.
0: Wow. So you know, you have this he's obviously the biggest, most prototypical quarterback we've had in a very very long time in Cleveland. And if he can get rid of some of the issues that plagued him at Notre Dame, you know, with a little bit of coaching. I think Kessler starting and Kaiser learning is the best case scenario and they, and you invested such a low pick in him you know you didn't have to trade up into the first round you didn't have to use one of those guys that you know the first rounders get a five-year deal right out of the gate right. where you're all you're already a year less of a commitment with a guy like Kaiser if it doesn't work out so I you know you I, I think it's a good gamble and but by, by no way does it stop them from taking a quarterback if they go one and fifteen again you know I think it's one of those things where You can never have too much talent, and if this kid strikes it, great. If not, you know you you're still in a position to to pick another guy up with that extra first round pick next season.
2: Yeah, relatively, you know, yeah. low risk, high reward right there. And one of the things and I, I'll grant you I'm not a uh, a Notre Dame football enthusiast so I can't say, I, say oh. I watch Kaiser play too much, but one of the things I keep hearing people say is well the ceiling's unlimited with this kid. He's got right. the body, he's got the arm, he's got the strength, but everybody keeps talking about these shortcomings that he has and I don't know what those shortcomings are. What did uh, Deshaun Kaiser suck at?
0: I don't think he sucks at anything. I think he has questionable decision making. He has right? It did not. It did not go well with his head coach, and 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 they, there was a you know a public spat between Brian Kelly and and Deshaun Kaiser, and and then I think people looked at that as a a punk kid, um, you know, not not ceding to his to his you know superior. But you'll you'll watch you'll you'll watch clips of him. Feeling pressure, you know, behind him and sidestepping the pass rush and just beautifully working the pocket with his footwork. Sounds good. And then throwing the ball downfield into, into into triple coverage. Oh. Um, you know. So if right. you if you ask me out of those two things, I think teaching a guy to not throw into triple coverage is much easier than to teach the footwork and to feel pass rushes and, and read blitz schemes the way that he has. So Fair. you you have the makings of a kid. You know, he's I believe twenty years old um, who can. Who can step into the league, maybe learn a few things when once the game slows down for him? You know, you have this offensive line that is obviously going to be much better than what he had in in Notre Dame, and if you can figure out a way to get him to read and and not force passes, I think you you kind of get the best of both worlds. Now, you know, he's he's not a kid who who takes off at first glance. You know, he he has the athleticism, but he does sit in the pocket. I think those are things you can build off of as stepping stones. I mean, as long as you can teach him you know, to throw the ball away if it's not there or or, or do something just to save it down, I I think you you have the makings of a kid who has a lot of potential.
1: I was not real high on Deshaun Kaiser, but I think Hugh can make a quarterback better than they may end up being able to be on their own. I think we saw that with Andy Dalton. I'll remain to stay positive with Deshaun Kaiser being drafted by the Browns. Now they were talking that they kind of want to make a move for Cousins or they kind of want to make a move for A.J. McCarron. Are we going to see either one of those deals get done?
0: I'd be, if they didn't happen around draft time, I'd be surprised if they do now. Okay. Uh, just because I, I would think the draft capital in this past draft would have been way more enticing to a team like Washington. Now, that said, maybe they wait this year out and realize that things aren't going the way they want them to. And and the Browns have a ton of draft capital for next year, too, that they might be able to throw their way. But I do think we're in a bit of a stalemate there. And, again, if something happened with McCarran, you know, I'd be... I. You know, nothing surprises me with this team, but again, I, I iterate that I, I do think we're looking at Cody Kessler in week one.
1: Okay, there's Scott from WaitingForNextYear.com telling us that Cody Kessler is leading us into the battlefield, and that's uh, it's all soldiers behind Cody. Thank you so much, Scott. We'll talk to you again next Monday. Sounds good, man. Take care. You will not believe what a gym in Britain is doing. You need this. And this is going to end up becoming a huge thing here. We'll tell you all about it next on the Stansberry Show on Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Stansbury Show. Rock 106.9. Win yourself $1,000 at 910 this morning with Rock 106.9's workday double pay. We give you a keyword. You text it in. You win $1,000. It's pretty awesome. I can use 1000 bucks. We just got paid right before yeah. the weekend, and I could still use a 1000
2: bucks. Anybody could use a 1000 yeah. bucks. dude. cash money. It's nice. Do whatever you want with that. That's nice. I
1: actually got a... I got my uh I finally got all my tax return stuff. Got it deposited into the bank. I still want a thousand bucks. Stan's very right, rolling in it right now. Now I wish. Son of a bitch. I wish. So there's something happening in Britain that I think is eventually going to take off here. Okay. And a gym in Britain is doing something a little different to attract the consumer. People get tired of working out. You know what I mean? Like, we all say we're going to do it, then we start doing it, and then we stop doing it, and then we can't keep doing it. It's one of those things. There are certain times of the year, like, New Year's, I'm going to start working out. Beginning of summer, I'm going to start working out. And then like a month before 4th of July, you're like, holy crap, I'm still fat.
2: Yeah. I mean, honestly, you look at it right now. We're sitting here May 1st. Your New Year's resolution is five months deep at this point. If you're like, oh, yeah, this is going to be the year 2017. You're a Stansberry. It's all going to go down. I'm going to start working out. No, you're not. No, you're not. You're just not going to do it.
1: But a chain of gyms in Britain is removing some gym equipment and instead bringing in beds. And they're going to offer napper size. Apparently, it's offered by David Lloyd Clubs. And you're going to burn calories while sleeping in cold studio temperatures. The National Sleep Foundation recommends setting your room temperature between 60 and 67 degrees Fahrenheit to promote sleep. I'm a big fan of the cold room sleep. Me too. Yeah. It, once it's warm, I can't sleep. I fidget and I go crazy. Yeah. Some studies suggest sleeping in lower temperatures can rev up your metabolism. I totally buy into that. Your body's trying to stay warm, it's going to kick up a little bit to try to keep itself, you know, uh, you know, a little warmer and yeah, I could see that stuff working out.
2: Yeah, I don't know if <laughs> I don't know if that's going to necessarily be like a diet plan, but no, in, in, the no, big, no, no, no. in the big picture,
1: sure, it takes a little bit more energy from your body. They say the goal of the new 45-minute napper size class is to promote your... Uh, it's This is basically for parents, they say, who aren't getting enough sleep at night. Uh, holistic well-being, a notion supported by a wealth of research, they claim. It says when you don't get enough sleep, not only are you groggy, cranky, less focused... But also, scientific studies have shown sleep deprivation can also weaken our immune system, leaving you more vulnerable to infection. We all know that to be true. Sure. Right? It can throw off your hormone levels, make us more prone to overeating, or make other impulsive decisions. I could totally buy into all of that. And we all know people probably aren't getting enough sleep. As they recommend seven to eight hours a night, most people are getting around five, they claim. And, you know, you talk to parents who have kids and instead of like trying to get 45 minutes of cardio in, in the middle of your day on your lunch break, how I I guess napping could be every bit as beneficial.
2: Yeah. I mean, obviously, if you're looking at this from an overall health standpoint, if you're looking at this from mental health and, and the ability to kind of focus in and I, I'm not against, you know, taking naps in the middle of the day, I just feel like. <laughs> to call it exercise or to put it in the in the in the in the realm of exercise, I feel like it's kind of self defeating. There,
1: yeah, it's a little bit self defeating. It's not actually exercise, but getting more rest is healthy. And let's be honest, you can't. Well, you can, but there's a huge stigma to renting a hotel room by the hour yeah. versus like a nap class at the gym. Yeah, yeah. And it, I mean, does
2: it need to be a class or could it just be like, hey, the gym has laundry services, we have tanning services, we have. You know, all these different things, and we can also give you a quiet room to go take a nap.
1: My guess is that's what it will end up being. They're going to start out with like the nappers. That's how they're advertising it, just to get people interested and to get like people like us talking about it. Essentially, it'll just be a dark room with a bunch of beds in it. And uh, which will be great until somebody gets sexually molested. In yeah, there. I was gonna say only a matter of time before something freaky happens. Yeah, in there. before something bad happens in there. And you know, somebody's writing in and telling me that's gross. I'm gonna sleep on a bed at the gym. It's like what's the difference between that and a hotel? You sleep on hotel beds all the time. If people are using it more
2: frequently and they're using it after the gym, you know what I mean? I don't know. I can see how it's a little gross. I mean,
1: yeah, but you. I mean, you're supposed to be like washing yourself off before using certain other things at the gym. I would imagine there's going to be some kind kind of like person at the front door of this but I think it's I think it's smart. I think people aren't getting enough sleep and if honestly this could be one of those things maybe you don't even tell your significant other it's like man I'm exhausted. Getting up all night with these kids, you know, instead of trying to do the stairmaster at noon, I'm going to go sleep. My whole thing is is though I don't have to like gear up or get prepared to work out. Like you can just walk into the gym, start thing. But for me, like falling asleep takes forever. So if it's only 45 minutes, I could spend 25 of it trying to, you know, get down for the count before falling, you know, totally asleep. So I don't know if it'd be worth it in the end for me like that. And also sleeping near people probably would not be the best system for me. We do have a $1000 up for grabs that happens next on Rock 1069.
0: On Rock 1069.
1: Welcome back to the Stans Ratio, Rock 1069. We're online for you, WRQK.com. If you head over there, and check out the Stans Ratio section. You can check out a kid who drank a beer for every mile of a half marathon he ran. Jeez. Yeah, he ended up a little hammered. I believe it. I, he ended up just a little hammered. That video is up for you at WRQK.com. We're just minutes away now from getting you hooked up with $1,000 with Rock 1069's Workday Double Pay. Before we do that, There's an interesting story coming out of Heth, Arkansas, where a dad's looking to protect his daughter. All right. Right? His daughter's 16, and she's dating a 21-year-old man. Now, 16 is the age of consent in Arkansas. So technically, there's not a lot he can do. Okay? And he says... You know, this is getting gross. It's like my daughter's almost being eaten alive. It's sickening. When you raise her t-shirt, there's hickeys all over her. Jeez. Which, let's be honest. If he's 21, that's too old to be applying hickeys to somebody. Well, yes, of course. But uh, when dude, you, hickeys are so white trash, WT is can be dude. That's, for as, sure. that, that's as kid rock as you can get. Uh, yeah,
2: but 21 and you're young and you're dumb. And I certainly would not be approving of it, but I'm not surprised by it. They're all over each other, making out all the time, doing all sorts of, you know, uh, sexual things with each other. You can't necessarily be surprised that young love um, includes a lot of lust there.
1: Yeah, no, that'll happen, but uh, you don't need to put hickeys all no, up and down her body. That's no, you disgusting. Don't. Apparently this guy, to the twenty one year old, had like a litter of puppies and she got like sucked in by the puppies. Next thing you know, they started talking, and now they're in a relationship. And again, law enforcement, there's not much they can do because sixteen is the age of consent in Arkansas. Um I, I know this is an unfortunate story to point this
2: out in, but like, yeah, guys, get a dog. If you want to get laid a lot, right? Isn't that kind of a thing? <laughs> it's like, dude, get a litter of puppies, get a dog.
1: Yeah, I watched Marley and me yesterday They were showing that whole thing where, yeah, like girls just come running up to you. It's totally true. If I could have a dog in my apartment right now, I would totally, I miss having a dog so much. I want one so bad. They say here that this guy says here, he's trying to get Arkansas to move the age of consent to 18. I don't think you can do that. He says here, I want awareness uh, put out there so parents don't have to go through what I've gone through the last few days. And so he has now put up a sign near the man's home because the guy lives near his business. Okay. And he has a sign out that says, This man is a child molester. And like kind of has an arrow pointing at the house, which is going to be a problem and going to get you sued. Right? Because technically, he's not a child molester. Is he? 16 mean, the age of consent. Still a child, though. I Look, I agree that sleeping with somebody under the age of 18 is ill-advised, it's kind of gross, and if you're the kind of guy that's like, well, I mean, it's the law, technically I'm allowed. If you're looking to like backdoor that argument, there's something wrong with you, okay? As a guy who dates younger women, dates women that are not what my peers would say that are not age-appropriate for me, uh, because I do, I date much younger normally. 16 is way too young. For sure.
2: Uh, 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 yes, I will agree with you. I will agree with you 100% there. 16, way too young. And I know the age of consent is 16, or at least in Arkansas it is, but still, the age of majority is 18, and that's when you legally become an adult. Adult. So, I mean, if you're not an adult, you're still a child, correct? <sighs>
1: yeah but molester doesn 't that bring in like unwanted interaction? Well, I mean, is there consent when it comes to a child? I mean, yes, because that 's the law so yes, there is like i don 't have to i don 't have to debate whether or not there 's consent when it comes to somebody the age of sixteen. the law's already done it for me
2: so i guess I guess what you 're getting into here is that if there 's a conflict of interest between what the age of consent is and i guess the definition of consent and the age of actually legally becoming an adult.
1: This is one of those things where it's like you can fight for your country but can't drink a beer. Right? There's there's these things where like these laws come into play that don't always make the most sense. Because I would like to protect sixteen year old girls from twenty one year old men. Right? That's not of course. I think there's something there's something wrong. I, I, you know what? That sounds very judgmental, that something's wrong. But there is there something, is something wrong, wrong with
2: you if th- you want to sleep with 16-year-olds. There year is olds. something there wrong is. with you. There yeah, is. Don't, I, don't worry about that one, dude. I'll, I'll say it if you want me to. I, uh, something wrong with you if you want to bang 16-year-olds.
1: Yeah. I mean, here's the thing. You're not... How do I say this without getting myself in trouble? You're not responsible for your first thought. So, like, if you're going through, like, a giant eagle like a grocery store or whatever, in the middle of the day, and you see a 16-year-old girl and you think to yourself, man, is that girl hot. That's okay. What you do after that, you are responsible for. You, the first thought that pops into your brain, you're not, that's like, you're not even responsible for those. If you act on that thought... Then this is where you're, where I bring you into it,
2: right? And that's the whole thing with like, you know, when people want to say like, oh, well, that, you know, that student was coming on to the teacher. It doesn't matter. You're the adult. You're the one who's making the decision right. there. That's on you as, as a grown up to, to, to be able to control yourself. It's
1: the worst argument ever, too. I was outsmarted by a sixteen-year-old. Right. <laughs> right. You know what right. I mean? It's like the worst argument of all time. A 16 year old
2: shouldn't be able to sign contracts, right? Probably not. So,
1: although it, isn't sign it not signing that document for your driver's license technically a contract with the state of Ohio? Yeah, but
2: you got your parents involved in that. You have your legal guardianship you involved in that. Yeah, when you're getting your license and stuff. Yeah, for sure. Oh, I didn't know that.
1: Yeah. So uh, I don't remember. Uh, that.
2: I, I, I don't think sixteen-year-olds should just be able to legally bind themselves into contracts. Therefore, I don't think sixteen-year-olds should be able to consent to sexual activity with an adult. It just it, you shouldn't be able to do it. Why is it the age of consent? Is it, it
1: because it, so that way, like what, like eighteen-year-olds and. 16- 16-year-olds in high school that we can't charge people like that. is that what it is? I don't know.
2: Well, no, because it doesn't just
1: apply to 18- and
2: 19-year-olds dating a 16-year-old. This applies to anybody.
1: Yeah, but I think that's because you kind of have to leave
2: it open that way, right? So we're leaving open a banging a 16-year-old as a 70-year-old guy
1: so that an 18-year-old can still do it? I, look, I'm not saying it makes sense. I'm, I'm trying to figure out why it's the way it is. Uh, but I, I mean, the guy says, I mean, the sign says, danger, child molester lives like 112 feet or whatever it is from here.
2: I mean obviously you just can't start putting that up about your neighbors you just can't start putting signs like that unless right. you, unless you actually have I mean you you get it every week you get that sexual sexual predator moved into your neighborhood thing in your mail all the time so what's the difference between me putting a sign up and saying hey some creepy pervert lives down the down the block versus you actually getting it in the mail
1: here's the thing I haven't gotten one of those in a while Ugh. Considering where you live, I was going to say, I mean, dude, you can rent a house right around the corner from me for pretty cheap. So I would imagine that's where a lot of those creeps end up. But honestly, I've never, I haven't seen that thing in my mailbox and I can't even tell you. I don't think I've ever gotten one down here, maybe. Oh, that's
2: depressing. They're there. I mean, whether you're getting that notification in the mail or not, I'm telling you, there's creepy perverts living in your neighborhood.
1: Familywatchdog.us used to be a great website. I don't know if that's still up and running, but that used to be a great website to figure out where those people live close to you. But, yeah, dude, I'm thinking this is going to leave this guy open to a lawsuit, though. Because technically, under the letter of the law, what the guy did is not against the law. I think you're going to see that cause some problems for the guy who put this sign up. I. As a, as a guy who's not a father, but if I had a daughter, I would want to put that sign up as well. But ultimately, I think you're going to get yourself in a little bit of legal trouble. Let's get you hooked up with $1,000 right now. Oh, six, Welcome back to the Sansbury Show on Rock 106.9. Fishhead's going to get you hooked up with $1,000, 1010 10 this morning. He has your next keyword for Rock 106.9's workday double pay. That will continue all day up until 9 p.m. this evening. So Kramer, we'll have a few opportunities for you after 3 o'clock as well. It was a rule in my father's house, Fantone, that my brother and I, both, our first cars had to be a stick shift. We had to learn how to drive stick. We had to own a stick shift car for our first car. He felt like men need to know how to do that. It's one of the things that, that a man should always know how to do. Also, never wanted the excuse of, I got in the car with somebody who had been drinking because I didn't know how to drive the car.
2: Yeah, I mean, you know, obviously a pretty handy skill to have.
1: Yeah. Also, they say on average, now I drive an automatic now. Again, thank you, Wakeham Auto, for that. But I uh, I, I drive an automatic now, but they say that actually that if you buy a stick shift car, um, a lot of times that they're cheaper overall because, again, less people know how to drive them. But that was like a rule in my dad's house, like a man must know how to do this. And I think it was just earlier this year, you and I had done the study, it turns out like a huge portion of uh, today's you know, younger drivers don't know how to drive a stick.
2: And I, I guess I can't necessarily blame them. It's like I've, I guarantee a vast majority of younger people don't know how to use a typewriter or a rotary phone. I mean, it is, you know, it's becoming less and less relevant on a regular basis. That is,
1: that is true. All right. So in case you don't know how to drive a stick shift, we have a video up at WRQK.com. It's an instructional manual on how to drive a stick. And it is set to, death metal.
0: Step one. Buckle up that seatbelt. Unjudge your side and review me. Step two, don't text and drive it. Don't Don't text me. Step three, put the key in the ignition. Place your foot on the clutch and turn. If you don't follow my words, you'll make your engine burn.
1: Oh, my God. A little how-to drive stick shift there set to some death metal. That video is online for you, WRQK.com in the Sans ratio section. Pretty funny there. We thought that was pretty funny. Ran that down for you. It goes on. You can see the whole video, and w- it does R- a good
2: job of explaining like how you have to do it and what you have to do. But you know, just set to the sweet sounds of death metal. There. Yeah, there you go. There it is.
1: And they uh, they do provide lyrics for you as well. So in case you're having a, a hard time following along, you'll be able to read with the class there. That's online for you. WRQK. .com. Summer's right around the corner, Phantom. Yeah. We know people start to move around uh, the country and start thinking about uh, summer vacations. We yeah. both took one last year. Yeah. I actually went uh, I went out to Oregon. I don't know what I'm going to do this summer for a vacation. It will be a staycation. Um, but I'll look to you know do some like you know m- maybe like a uh, like a park maybe uh, I could see Salt Fork maybe being my summer vacation this this year. But I'm going to do something. Do you and the girlfriend have any plans yet?
2: Uh, no, we don't have anything locked down. We've been talking about it, and a part of that reason is I think you and I need to uh, need to be like all right, what
1: week are we taking off during? When the are summer? we going? Right. Yeah,
2: that's a part of uh, that's a part of the mix there. So maybe we'll close off the mics. We'll look at a calendar again. Yeah, we
1: should do that honestly because yeah. I want to get my ticket bought for Christmas too. I'm going to go home and see my mother um, for, uh, not home, uh, essentially they live in Vegas, but I'm from Ohio. It's just, that's where everybody lives now, so I always say home. Home is where the heart is, Stansberry. Is that right? That's where your heart is. You know, is I home. actually got my mom's um, Mother's Day card this last weekend. Jesus, dude, two weeks in advance? Yeah, I was in the store wow. and I was like, well, I got money wow. on me, I got cash on me, I've been trying to be a better son. She just came to visit. I was like, you know, her birthday's actually the day before Mother's Day. Let's get this thing bought. Let's get it addressed. And I'm going to put it in the mail today, get it Stansberry. out there. Proactive son Just right trying there. to be, yes yeah, Son of guess, the year. Man. Two, two weeks early. That is something. Son of the year. Look at me go. I'm something. all over it. The reason why I bring up summer vacations. Do we get to go on one? Or are we going right now? <laughs> Come on.
2: Back up the van. No. You
1: There's a new company yeah. that wants to make planning your next vacation like seamless, easy. Because planning for a vacation is difficult. Where are you going to go? Mm-hmm. How much money are we going to cost? Mm-hmm. How, what day are we leaving? When are we coming back? All of those things. Yeah. Which hotel to stay at? Do we use Kayak? Which? Who's the best website to use?
2: A lot of decisions get made there, and you, as a consumer, really don't have too much of a a, 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 a knowledge on, like, well, where is the best hotel in Chicago? I don't know. I don't live in Chicago.
1: Where is the, you know, Trump National. where do I, I want to go for a vacation? That's, that's a hard decision to make. I get that. So there's a company out there now. Who will plan the entire thing for you. Okay. Right? And I know people are going, are you about to tell me travel agents are (laughs) a thing? (laughs)
2: Like, Okay, all right, travel agents. No,
1: obviously travel agents have been a thing forever. But how they take the stress out of planning this for you is they do it all. And they don't tell you where you're going until you leave. Until you're getting ready to leave. So a woman here says here, I, I, for our last family vacation, I spent hours lining up flights, hotel reservations, activities, and so my family could get all the fun we could possibly get out of this week off.
2: Yeah, some people have very high expectations of vacation like that. Like, I want everything fun all in this week, and it's going to be a blast, and you're going to go here, 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 and enjoy it. And then some people are like, dude, I just want to sit on a beach.
1: Yeah, I, I don't want to do Honestly, anything. I don't really want to plan a lot. Right. I just kind of want to take it as it goes. That's me. Right. So there's this company, Pack Up and Go. And obviously, they're going to help you plan your next trip. They'll arrange all your flights for you, all the hotels. They're going to give you a map of your destination and even like a day-by-day itinerary of things you could do locally in the area. But unlike most travel agencies, Pack Up and Go comes with a catch, and it's that you don't know where you're going on your vacation until you actually leave for the trip. They say it's the brainchild of Lillian Raffson, a young entrepreneur, came up with the idea when she was traveling in Europe in her early twenties. Met up with a traveler who was on a surprise vacation. Now I guess this has been around um, across the pond for a while now, but the idea is just now coming over to the United States, much like you know TV shows and like all that stuff. And they they say there's so many places in the U.S. to visit that it, it's easy to get overwhelmed when planning a trip. Now wh- how this works is very much similar to like eHarmony and the like. You fill out a questionnaire. And then they decide to custom tailor your vacation to you. Now, I would imagine, because my first thought is, is like, what if they send me to a place that, I, that I've been to a million times? Right. So I'm guessing that they're going to ask you places that you have been, maybe even of their places you have lived, so they don't send you to like there. Because if they sent me to Southern California, I'd be like, all right, Southern California is always Southern California, but I used to live there. So I don't necessarily have a huge desire to go right now. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I,
2: I don't, I don't like this. Honestly, this is this definitely would not be a product for me. I feel like I would be
1: more stressed out not knowing where I was going. I would agree because, all right, so like I went on a very cheap vacation last year, okay. I just went to Southern Oregon where I know people and the like, but my, my ticket was still 700. My hotel for the week was still just what? Under a thousand dollars. So you're 1700 in right there plus food all week. And then, you know, we went rafting down the rivers and all that stuff. That stuff costs money. So, I mean, I was into this thing a couple thousand dollars. The stress of spending, let's just call it two grand. We'll round down the stress of spending $2,000 and having no idea what I'm getting out of that would be way worse than me spending 25 minutes on kayak to figure out what flight to take
2: i guess maybe if this if this was all guaranteed to be like upper echelon like five star and 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 high quality i guess but this to me this to me seems like a rich person thing to do when you travel so much that you can just go anywhere and it doesn't matter that's not a luxury i feel like that most people are going to be able to to kind of deal with there where it's like dude dude i get to go on vacation i get two weeks of vacation a year Almost every other year, I have to spend those cleaning the house, cleaning the garage, doing all, putting up, putting up new curtains, doing all this crap. My wife wants me to do. Finally, after four years of not taking a vacation, our family's finally going somewhere, and maybe we'll be in South Carolina, maybe we'll be in California, maybe we'll be. I can't, I can't buy into that. I don't like
1: that. At all. I like this idea, but I want it on a smaller scale, and by that I mean two thousand dollars is way too much money. Like it's. Now that's not their number. That's just the number I'm using for taking a vacation. And right. for a family, it's gonna be more. More than that. Yeah. Way more, right? But let's it, it's just there's too much stress coming with that for the dollar amount. But where I would love this idea is out to dinner. That's where I would love this idea. Where do you want to go? I don't know. Doesn't matter. You pick. Like, a pack-up-and-go, like, here's what we do. We put it in a randomizer, and then we figure it out, and then it spits out places you've maybe never eaten. I think on a smaller scale, like... Here's things you could do in town. This weekend with Pack Up and Go would be fantastic because you know, you're just, you know, a car ride. This isn't like flights to San Diego or New Orleans, which are both places you should go, by the way. I wouldn't, you're, you hit it on the head for me. Is that $2,000 and I don't know what I'm getting? Stressful. That is going to stress me right out. We'll get a look ahead at game one. Cavaliers in action tonight, taking on Toronto. We'll look ahead at that next on The Stansbury Show. 069. Welcome back to the Sands Show Rock 1069. You can win yourself a thousand dollars at 1010 with Fishhead. He gives you your next keyword for Rock 1069's workday double pay. It's thousand dollars every hour at programs from six o'clock in the morning till nine o'clock at night. And your next keyword coming your way 1010. Looking ahead at tomorrow's program, Tuesdays at nine, we do new to Tuesday, and buddy. DJ Khaled, Justin Bieber, Chance the Rapper, and Lil Wayne all got together. That's a lot of people. That's a lot of people. They got. All, they all got together for a track called "I'm the One." On their own, I like all
2: four of those individuals. I don't know if I'm going to like a four way uh, a four way bang out there. You know if it's going to be all right. Coming from the country world,
1: John Party, "Heartache on the Dance Floor."
2: I, I, for the longest time, thought his name was John Party. Like, yo, I like to party, bro. But that's no, that's not that guy's it is, name. It is not that guy's Whoops.
1: name. And we'll have new Chevelle for you. Song song's called Rivers. Take a listen. I am normally a Chevelle fan. That is a band that I normally like. I have not heard that song that I know of. So it'll be interesting to hear how that, uh, how that comes out. But normally, I'm a Chevelle fan. If you want to be featured on New Tour Tuesday as a local artist, you can do so. Send me your stuff, stansburywrqk.com Include a short little bio. Make sure the track's edited. I'm not going to work to put you on the radio. Make sure it's edited, and we'll get you out.
2: A lot of people call us the Kingmakers of Canton, Ohio. That's right. Marilyn Manson, we made him. The OJs, we made them. We did do that. Pro Football Hall of Fame, we made that, too. Yep. Yep.
1: We did all that <laughs> stuff before we were born, we did. Yeah, 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 yeah. Good job, us. <laughs> Look at us go. Yeah. That's how we get stuff done. You know who else is looking to get some stuff done? Who's that? Is LeBron James? LBJ. Back in ah. action tonight at the queue. Tip off 7 o'clock as uh, a second round of the playoffs underway uh, this evening, and we take on the Toronto Raptors. Now, you and I kind of both agree here that this will be a series. It will be, you know, we're going gonna, to gonna go back and forth. We're not going to sweep, but ultimately we will win, and we both feel like Cavs and six. Yeah, I feel like Cavs and six is a safe bet here. Um, I know that
2: some people are going to freak out about that if the Cavs lose a game, but uh, what are you going to do? You're not. Going to win every game that you play. That's a, that's a crazy thought. And these will be the same people who last year were like, oh, too easy. It's too easy for them to walk. You know, they swept three series, too easy, just too easy.
1: It's like, well, what do you want there? You're right. I mean, ultimately, you can't have it that way. And that's a very dangerous bar to set of, well, you either sweep or you're not any good.
2: Right, dude. Right. <laughs> like, that's cares? crazy. Who cares if you sleep or not? What matters is do you win this championship or not? And that is the bar when it comes to the Cavaliers is 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 how they fare there. So obviously there's a um what do I want to say? There's there's a hell of a a plot twist that could be available if the Cavs were to get knocked out of this series. I just don't see it happening. Um, I I, I know the 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 Raptors are definitely going to look to um you know exploit some weaknesses when it comes sure. to the Cavaliers defense, and it's certainly going to be. Be a high scoring series. I wouldn't be surprised to see both of these teams on a regular basis putting up over 110 points per game. Jeez. Um, but that's that's the NBA that you live in nowadays. And and the Cavs obviously have the more talented team. I think LeBron is going to uh you know Superman his way into this. Um hopefully Kyrie Irving comes out and is, is not only ready to score a lot of points, is also ready to to add in on the defensive end. And uh I, I feel like once again, and he had a big load last, last series, but he's gonna have to do it again is JR Smith, man. I mean, you yeah. go from you go from guarding one of the top 10 players in the NBA when it came to the Indiana series and now they're going to ask him to guard split time on two of the best young guards in the NBA right now between Kyle Lowry and DeMar DeRozan so J.R. Smith's going to have a lot of work to do um, Tristan Thompson's going to have to uh, you know establish himself as, as the dominant rebounding force that he is saw a lot of people hating on him over the weekend oh he's going to break up with Chloe. There's a rumor for Chloe. shut up, leave the guy alone let him bang the Kardashian, he had the most offensive rebounds of anyone in the NBA in the first round of the series, just let the guy do what he do- does, I, I, we're, we're, we're what are we doing this
1: for, people? I would like to bang the Kardashians. That's what I'm saying too. We're all
2: haters. Oh, I can't believe he's banging a Kardashian. I can't believe I, it, y'all.
1: Oh, you tear that ass up. I would like. I would like my. Would. I would like my fair shot at Khloe Kardashian. Of course you would. God I, uh, bless him for it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean, look, I think that those girls are destructive, and I think that they. Uh, but so far, Tristan's been. He's been all right through it. LeBron
2: James leading the NBA when it comes to minutes played in the playoffs so far. So obviously there's going to be a big workload for him. Um, but that's why you rest in the regular season. That's why you sweep the first round so you can have a week's worth of uh, time off and and it hopefully feels like ten years since oh it does yeah <laughs> and, and and hopefully um, the Cavs understand the urgency of the moment tonight. Hopefully they understand that if we get into a, a a a lead right out of the gate, which is going to be tough to do because you know Toronto's coming off of six games, Cavs coming off of four. Um, but you just can't let that first Half slip away from you, and hopefully the Cavs are in that mindset and they're ready to go right out of right out of the gate at seven o'clock tonight.
1: So the late games: Houston and San Antonio. Mm-hmm. Huh? Golden State start tomorrow. Is that I believe business? so? Yeah, is that right? I believe right. so. I got to tell you that Houston San Antonio series it, is that does it interests me. And I want to see that series, but they're not tipping off till 9.30 tonight. Ah, I'll be asleep by then.
2: Dude, I mean, honestly, it's going to be a struggle enough for me to stay awake till the end of the Cavs game, so your boy's going to have to go home take a little nap of rooski right there, maybe a little cup of coffee before tip-off or something. But, yeah, 9.30 is way too late for me.
1: Yeah, I might have to take a nap for that, too. I would like to stay up tonight and actually watch the entire Cavs game um, after watching, you know, those games yesterday and getting like sucked back into the right. NBA. Cause like I, like we've been saying, it felt like forever since we've seen basketball.
2: Right. Happen. Right. Right. Um, before we get off the cabs, I just want to one more time shout out Heritage Tattoo Company right there on Cleveland. Um, uh, my man, Rob Allman, uh, put a kick ass Larry O'Brien trophy on me over the, uh, over the weekend there. Um, big fans of the show over there at Heritage Tattoo. And, uh, it was nice because I'm in there getting my tattoo talking to somebody. Somebody sticks their head in like, Hey, are you tone? And I'm like, yeah. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Yes, I am. I heard your voice. I knew that was you, man. So that's, that's, a, good, that's a good
1: thing, dude. It's a good thing. Yeah, we like hearing that. Yeah, Absolutely. We deal. Yeah, we do. All right. So uh, again, tomorrow, New Tour Tuesday, 9 o'clock, Khaled, Bieber, Chance the Rapper, Little Wayne, John Party, Chevelle, all part of that. Send me your stuff if you'd like to be featured on the program, stands for com. Fishhead will get you hooked up with $1,000 at 1010 with Rock 106.9's Workday Double Pay. Aside from that, we're done for the day. Be back at it live tomorrow morning, 6 a.m. on Rock 106.9. You guys have a great day. See you.